Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube network with other content creators and have an awesome time doing it. Today, I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing on YouTube, there is a link to a form down in the description of this stream right now. So go ahead and get your questions in there before that form gets filled up. I also want to uh, let you know that if you are listening to this um, on the replay or you're watching this on the replay or if you're listening to the audio version of this, feel free to skip around um, because during this stream, a lot of information is shared as I'm sure you can see on the timestamp. We talk about YouTube the entire time. So because of that, you know, if you're wanting to just get deeper insights into what it is that you can do to be better on YouTube, then make sure that you just skip around, find the content that's great for you, or just throw in some headphones, listen to it as you are, you know, going through your day or watch it, you know, as you're chilling from time to time over the course of the week. And, uh, and then you can get the information that way as well. And if you want to join us live, you can find us here every on my YouTube channel, Nick Nimmin. You can find us every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern here hanging out. So hopefully I will see you over there. Now, I also want to let you know that this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, the number one browser plugin for the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. It'll help you manage your YouTube channel in general with all types of tasks that YouTubers have to commonly do manually. TubeBuddy's gonna help you with all of that stuff. So it makes YouTube easier for you and helps give you insight into videos to make, um, video, optimi video optimization, testing your thumbnails, things like that. Um, this stream is also co-sponsored by StreamYard. StreamYard is the live streaming platform that I use to live stream this show every single Saturday. And the reason I use StreamYard is because one, it's super easy to use. Two is it does all the processing in the cloud so I don't have to have a really beefy computer in order to use it in live stream. And I've even had several times where my live stream has completely went down, but because I'm streaming through StreamYard and I'm streaming to the cloud, it actually holds my stream open, allows me to come in on my mobile phone um, and keep the stream going even though my internet at home is down. So check out StreamYard at StreamYard.com. Check out TubeBuddy at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin. Also, if you are a TubeBuddy uh, or if you're new to YouTube or if you have under 1,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel, just as a heads up, um, TubeBuddy will actually give you a discount if you do decide to upgrade. Now, with all that stuff out of the way, I do want to um, let you know, just as a quick heads up, that um, I am now releasing these. They're going to be released on a delay, um, and the reason for that is because, you know, it just makes it more fun just to hang out here. <laughs> but um, but uh, Nimmin Live is now available in podcast format. So if you are on um, uh, an Apple device, um, of course, you can just look for Nimmin Live. Um, it's still in the process of getting approved for some of the other places. Um, but if you just look for Nimmin Live on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, then it will pop up either today or sometime here uh, later this week. But um, those streams are actually coming out on a week delay. So because of that, um, that gives me time to finish the stream here. And then of course, get it down, upload it there and all that good stuff. So um, so these are coming out uh, a week behind, but they're still available for you audio folks to make sure that you are good to go there. Fox, the cutest dog in the West says, hey, Nick, 105K. High five and fist bump to you. Nice work on uh, on getting the channel rocking there. Love seeing that kind of uh, information coming through here in the stream. Shark Scrapper, what is going on? Baking with Charlene, nice to see you here. Jeff, what's up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic today. Beanie Draws in the house. I saw them uh, over on the StreamYard channel. I saw them, uh, you know, you, you won one of the uh, things over there and they're just talking about how awesome your artwork is. So I just wanted to uh, just kind of reiterate that and just say how awesome an artist that uh, Beanie Draws is. We also got Viper, the man about tech right here in the house. Viper, what is up, my man? I hope that you are also doing fantastic 
today. I hope everybody's doing fantastic today. And I do want to let you know as well um, that I do have links to a bunch of helpful and useful stuff for YouTube content creators down in the description as well um, so that I don't have to sit here and just keep, you know, saying a bunch of stuff. Um, I just want to let you know that I do have links to, you know, a bunch of useful things for you down in the description of this live stream right now. So make sure that you check that out or you can just go to bestcreatortools.com. That's my website that I put together. It's a resource site. Um, and basically that is the site where I share all the things that I recommend for YouTube content creators, all the things that I I use as well. So with all of that out of the way, man, it's been a great week. So I batched out some of the, uh, for those of you that participated in my, um, in my subscriber Q and a question that I posted in the community feed. Um, you know, I cranked out a handful of videos, uh, the other day so that I can start getting, you know, going through those for you so I can get some of your questions answered in video format as well. So just as a heads up, like if you want your question answered in video format, like here's good too. But if you want your question answered in video format, anytime I make one of those posts about the subscriber Q and a, um, make sure that you drop your question in there, um, because it might, you know, end up showing up in a video. And then if you have that question, the way that I look at it, if you have the question, there's a ton of other people that also have that question. Um, so because of that, it allows me to add more value to the community through the questions that you ask. So because of that, I just want to thank you uh, for that. And Viper, my man, says it's been too long. Super Indeed, it has. I hope that you are doing fantastic, my friend. We should definitely catch up soon. Um, I would have loved to have hopped on your live stream. I think it's this coming uh, week, but unfortunately, man, it's like 7 a.m. my time. Um, like I'm, I'm willing to stay up late for it, but that's like way late, you know, like I'm, I'm way in dreamland uh, by that time. So, uh, uh, so hopefully we can catch up soon on, on something. Urban Explorer, Neil, what's up, dude? Super Hope that you're doing fantastic out there in the living that van life out there, building all kinds of cool stuff um, for the van community. Super cool. So, um, hey, what's up, Tom? Nice to see Tom Nash here in the house, dude. Hope you're doing great. Doug Houston, what's up, my man? Nice to see you in here as well. Rodney Full Circle and my magic flying potato. So I got a funny story here for the channel members. So uh, we every single week, uh, we do a live stream in the uh, members-only Facebook group, the Nimanati VIP Facebook group. And this week, um, I was actually reviewing channels, you know, during that time, because that's what I usually do um, during those streams. And when I was uh, reviewing those, uh, we pulled up one channel, and that particular channel, um, I for whatever reason, I mean, I know why, but uh, uh, Facebook's, uh, you know, recog you know, image recognition or whatever, they they deemed that channel as racy um, in terms of uh, not safe to be live streaming, and they just shut the whole stream down. So um, luckily, it was at the very end of the stream, but unfortunately, this week, if you are a channel member, just a heads up, that replay is not going to be available this week unless. Facebook, you know, opens it back up and says, okay, cool. Cause I disputed it. Um, so we'll just see, you know, how they end up, uh, how they end up, uh, you know, handling that Paul Peck drywall too. What's up, dude. Hope that you are going fantastic as well. So I would like to invite you if you haven't yet to share this out on Twitter, um, or Facebook or Instagram or anywhere, um, where, you know, YouTubers are hanging out, you know, feel free to share this out there, get some more YouTubers in here so we can all, you know, hang out and enjoy this information. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and get into the first questions here. Um, and we're going to actually start that. We're going to start this party with, uh, let's see here. Let me scroll up on the screen. This is from a Redger, uh, boxing TV Super track. says, um, Hey Nick, um, I just want to ask our faceless YouTube channels can be easily monetized. I'm running a boxing channel and I just use my voice for narration. Absolutely. So there's tons of humongous YouTube channels to where you do not see the face of the content creator ever. 
Like there's a lot of them. Um, typically those are like animation channels. Those can also be unboxing channels where people are doing things from the top down. Um, a lot of actually, not just unboxing channels, but a lot of content where they shoot it from the top down. Um, tons of people do that where they don't have to show their face as well. Um, you also have gaming content where they don't show their face in a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the channels. So uh, because of that, yeah, without question, you are totally good to go on not showing your face in the, uh, you know, in your, in your video content. Uh, yeah, dog channels, Fox and the cutest dog of the West says dog channels also, um, are something where you don't have to show your face either. Cause you are, you know, in that case, you know, of course you're, 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 uh, you know, you're using the dog's face instead of your own. Um, so, you know, that can also keep you off cam as well. So, uh, 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 I zero nine 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 says hello greetings from Norway Nick please add some game on Streamyard so if you're talking about the spinny thing so I'll be, I'll be straight up with you so I I didn't um like I I've heard about that particular thing inside of Streamyard um and I've thought like hey I should add that to the live streams but I never actually tested it out and I just saw my brother and Daniel because they were doing channel reviews over on the Streamyard channel and I just saw them using it in a really cool way so um, I'm definitely gonna try to come up with a way to implement some of that here because it was super fun. Um, you know, it made hanging out in their stream a really good time. So um, it's definitely something that I'm going to, um, definitely something that I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, experiment with here um, during these live streams as well. And we'll see how you guys, you know, respond to it. If you dig it, then, you know, we'll keep doing it. If you're like, eh, nah, then, you know, we then we won't keep doing it. So we'll see how it all works out. Super Top Rank says, I know your uncle, super cool. Tell him I said, hey. Um, and uh, let's see here. As we keep on going through the list, we've also got Tear Talk. Tear Talk says, hey, Nick, actually just said, Nick, um, can you discuss momentum? Can one viral video pivot someone's channel? If so, how do you maintain the right momentum? What momentum is on YouTube is momentum is when you have a um, either one video that takes off and starts driving, you know, traffic to your channel. And then, of course, you follow that up with content that's relevant to that video um, based on the interests that the people have that are coming in from that video that did exceptionally better than the normal content. So the other side of momentum is when think of it this way snowball right so with a snowball as you know it's rolling down the hill more snow keeps adding to it and because of that it just keeps getting bigger and bigger right so the momentum idea on youtube is two twofold one is if you have you know a video or two that really starts going great and then you ride that by creating more momentum by just following it up with content that those people love and then on the other hand you also have it to where if you have a youtube channel that you start today then you're going to publish a video on that maybe today, maybe sometime here this week or something like that. And you're going to have one video on your YouTube channel. Okay. So because that one video, you might not be able to generate that much momentum yet. Maybe it'll just go out to like a handful of people in terms of impressions, depending on how they respond to it is going to, um, that's going to be reflected in the results that you're getting from that particular video. And then you publish another video. So now instead of having one video that's bringing in, let's just say, let's just go low, right? Just so we can really paint this picture here. Let's say you have one video that's bringing in five views a day, okay? And then you have another video that you publish, you know, the following week or later in the week, and that one starts bringing in five views a day. Now you went from zero views a day on your YouTube channel to 10 views a day um, in the course of a week because you put out content that people, you know, enjoy enough for YouTube to still show it to people, maybe not, you know, at scale, but they're still showing it to people and that you still have people coming into your YouTube channel. Then from there, you have the next week and you upload two more videos. Let's say that those only bring in five views a day. Well, now you're up to, uh, you're up to 20 views a day. 
and you know, the more content that you keep putting out, it, basically what you keep doing is you keep feeding the channel with content. And during the process of feeding the channel with content, that's that's slowly increasing those daily view counts. In addition to that, you're also learning how to be a better content creator. You're paying attention to your YouTube analytics so that you can learn how to make better content for the people that are watching your videos. You're learning how to make better thumbnails, how to be better on camera or better on your voiceover, whatever it is that you're doing, be more engaging with how you're playing the game, whatever. Um, but you are upping your skill sets while you're also putting out this content that is bringing in more views. So then the next thing you know, let's say we're a month down the road, you've got, um, let's see here at that time, let's say you've got eight videos out. And then at the first week of next month, let's say you put out a video that ends up getting, you know, 20 views a day by itself or a hundred views a day by itself that because you're improving your skill sets, then bam, you know, then you start having that one feeding the channel on a regular basis. So the idea with all of this, and this is, you know, part of the reason that people talk about, you know, upload 50 videos, upload 100 videos to your YouTube channel before you even start thinking about worrying about view counts and things like that. Because when you start taking that approach while you're building your skill set, you're also putting out these videos that are starting to, you know, create that momentum on your YouTube channel as long as you can get some views coming in on them every single day. Um, so the idea with this, this is where we always talk about niching down your content. And what that means is, not necessarily limiting your content, but just thinking, okay, with every piece of content that I'm putting out on my channel, how good of a fit is this for the people that watched the last video or the video before that or the video before that so that you can turn your channel into an entire resource of content for people that like to consume content like yours, whatever that content might be. So that's the idea of momentum uh, on YouTube. So hopefully that answered your question uh, enough. Scarlett, hope that you are doing fantastic. Uh, let's see here. So as we scroll up, we had a couple more come in and then I'm going to jump into the form after these. Um, Jimmy Rooney, what's up, man? I hope that you're doing Super fantastic. Trash. If I remember right, I think it was you on Twitter asking about the live stream. Welcome to live stream if this is your first one. Um, there's a form down in the description. So make sure that you get your question down there. If you have anything specific that you want to know, um, just you know, make sure that you get it down in that form so that we can um, pull it up here during the stream. Top ranked, thank you for the super, super chat from you as well. Super appreciated. And uh, let's see here, as I keep going up the list, I think that's it. We got tier talk. Okay. And then um, let's see here, traveling man, Las Super Vegas tried. says I do Vegas content. Um, my last Fremont street video did 16,000. Usually they're 3000. How do I duplicate this since most of my Fremont videos are the same? So what you want to do is you want to look at the title of that video. You want to look at the thumbnail of that video to see exactly what it is that you do um, you, or exactly what it is that you did in that thumbnail that caused people to click on that one more than the other videos. You also want to look at how people responded to your actual video that you had, the actual content, because the content is the thing that matters the most on YouTube. So because of that, um, you know, look and pay really close attention to the details of what it is that you did in your thumbnail. Um, look at the colors, look at what you were focusing on in terms of the imagery, look at any text you used or did not use, look at how well your title and your thumbnail work together. Um, look at how you structured your title, look at the specific words that you used in your title and think to yourself, like, is any of this something that might have possibly, you know, caused somebody to want to click on this? If so, how can I replicate it? Then you want to go through your video content as well, look at your audience retention reports, and you want to see um, exactly how people were interacting with your content in real time. YouTube shows us this inside of our YouTube analytics. They show us exactly at scale how people are, are are interacting with our content so what you want to do is you want to look at that graph and you want to say okay this is this is the stuff that people were enjoying so that you can start applying that to the the, the new videos and you also want to look at it like if this one's got sixteen thousand, you normally get three 
start looking at everything about that video and really break it down. Look at the pacing in terms of how fast you were going from thing to thing. Look at the tone, your tonality when you were having the conversation there um, in the video. Look at how you actually opened that video. We call that the hook. Like how did you grab their attention when the video first opened to make them want to watch for a longer period of time? Um, look at how you ended the video. Look at how many people clicked on your end screens. Uh, you know, look at all of the details of your video, even the things that you focused on, how you were moving the camera, if you were vlogging it. Um, look at all of the details involved in that video and try to replicate that or at least learn from it and apply some of the things that you learn from it on future content. Now, here's the thing. Um, and, and this is something that I've been you know telling you guys for years now is when you are um, putting your, your content together and you have successful content, like one of the things you got to do is you have to go in and you have to, you know, just come up with theories on why it is that you think that content did better. And then you get to test those theories against new content. So, you know, just make sure that you're going through and you're analyzing everything about that video that already performed well for you and see if you can uncover theories that you think might've caused your audience to respond to it and then start testing those theories on new content um, as it comes out. Uh, let's see here. Top rank says, do you still Super believe in track. the top 10 channels? You mean like, you know, top 10 movie stars that uh, did, you know, this particular thing? Absolutely. Top 10 channels are, are absolutely fine. And here's the thing. Um, it's, it's about the content. Right. So if you put together, it doesn't matter if, if somebody else says, hey, you know, top 10 channels are tired or top 10 channels are, you know, they're they're played out or whatever it happens to be. You know, if somebody is is saying that sort of thing, then don't even listen to it. What you need to do is you need to say, OK, you know what? I think that I can put together a really awesome top 10 video. And I think that I can compete with all the other top 10 videos out there and that I can grab some of the attention um, from people that are interested in top 10 type content. So I'm going to go for it. Right. And then just try to make the best top 10 content that you can. And of course, you know, come come up with topics that, um, you know, that that people are excited about when it comes to top 10. Make sure you're doing a lot of research before you put your videos together to make sure that the specific topic of your top 10 is something that, you know, that people that people care about now. Uh, OK, we got that one taken care of. Let me keep on scrolling down. Let me keep on scrolling down. OK, traveling man, Las Vegas. And then we keep it going down. What are your thoughts on blogging? Super track. Yo Ember videos. Um, I'm not sure what a Yo Ember video is. Hold on. Uh, let's see here. Yo Ember. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. Hold on. Yeah, I have no idea what Yo Ember is. I I, I don't know if uh, like that's not something that uh, let's see your top five Ember JS. Oh, okay, blogging Ember. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. I definitely need some clarity on that. I just did a quick Google search to see if I could figure it out. You know, in a couple of clicks, and I'm not sure what uh, what Yo Ember is. Um, since you do follow me on Twitter, if this does get if your if your reply um, in clarity ends up getting lost um, in the chat here, which I'm going to try not to let it, but if it does, just shoot me a DM on Twitter. Um, just because, you know, I remember you from, uh, from Twitter as long, as long as you're the same dude. And I think you are freaking awesome. Super What's chat. up? Hope you're having a great day. Thank you for the, uh, super chat. Um, as we keep on scrolling down the page here, we got Dion gaming channel says, Hey Nick, super if you're using TubeBuddy for any topic that you're using for your video, well, if the search is low, but everything else is high on TubeBuddy, should you still possibly use that title for your video? Here's what you got to think about when it comes to TubeBuddy or any tool that shows you any score whatsoever. Those tools are all based on YouTube search, okay? So because of that, if you're targeting YouTube search, then of course you wanna get as close to 100 as you can. However, if you are just wanting general discovery on YouTube and you're wanting people to click on your videos wherever it is that they see them, then in that case, take the score itself 
with a grain of salt and use the keyword explore more to help you come up with ideas and see what things people are interested in. So that when you're publishing content that wherever it shows up on YouTube, so that you're giving yourself the best opportunity for people to find your content that way based on just the higher interest around the things that you're making videos about. Now, with that said, another thing that I would consider is, um, you know, taking whatever topic it is that you have and running it through their um, SEO, um, their SEO explorer. Uh, their SEO tool as well. Uh, their SEO optimizer, that's what it's called. <laughs> I was, it, was, it just wasn't coming. Um, but their uh, SEO optimizer, run it through that as well. And when you run it through that, um, then um, you know they're going to make sure that you're including some keywords and things like that so you can have context, but also so that the people on YouTube that are that you're wanting to watch your content can clearly and easily see exactly what it is that your um, exactly what it is that your video um, you know is about as it pertains to them and things that they would be interested in. Um, so you know again, take the score itself with a grain of salt unless you are targeting YouTube search because the whole idea is that you want to use the keyword explorer to find great topics right? To find great topics that you can prove people are interested in, but it doesn't matter if you're doing, if you're going after something that's really competitive, if you're not just trying to show up in search, if you're just trying to show up in search, then you have to keep those things in mind. But if you're trying to show up on home pages and get people to click on your videos from their homepage or from recommended videos, then take that score, uh, take that score with a grain of salt. Uh, let's see here. These are not my books. If you're talking about the books right here, these are not my books. Um, I am not an author. Um, however, these are YouTube books um, that um, people that I know on YouTube um, have put together, people that I that I trust, people that I know know their stuff. And these are books that I recommend because one, I've read through all of them and they're all just fantastic. Um, but these are um, all available down in the description below. You can catch them on Amazon. But yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, I'm not an author. Okay, why do likes keep disappearing? Um, everything on YouTube gets verified. So because of that, if people are just coming in and they're just clicking stuff but not really watching the video, let's say somebody starts your video, they click on the like button and they leave like immediately, well, YouTube might take that away since the person didn't actually watch any of your content before they gave the like, little things like that. So, you know, sometimes, you know, your metrics are gonna go up. Sometimes you're gonna notice holes in things. Sometimes you're gonna notice things are dropping. Um, sometimes it's something that YouTube is doing on their end in terms of a purge or something like that. Sometimes it's just because of verification. Um, uh, but you know, there's all kinds of activity on YouTube. Some of it, most of it is like legit. Some of it is not. And because of that, you know, any bots that are running around YouTube, stuff like that, they'll take away the activity that those bots create and that sort of thing as well. Uh, next up on our list, we have um, Poppin Missouri Super says, thanks for the great content and all the help. Um, the YouTube adventure has been a very fun and exciting ride so far. Road to 300. Love it. Yeah, YouTube is exciting. You know, it's fun. It's exciting. You know, you get to do fun things as well. You know, you get to, you know, you get to interact with other content creators. You get to make stuff and publish that stuff. And people all over the world get to interact with that stuff, which means that you get to share any meaningful messages that you have. Um, that means that, you know, you can also use that as like an income source. That means you can use that to change the way people think about things. That means you can, you know, really have a lot of fun with this stuff and the impact that you can make, uh, you know, with YouTube uh, videos. Uh, yeah, my, uh, see, Ramadi says, do you get a substantial portion of views every day? Um, it depends who you ask, you know, because all this stuff is relative. Um, for me, I'm super happy with my, you know, with my, uh, daily and my weekly and my monthly view counts on my YouTube channel. Um, so, you know, because of that, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine for me. It creates a, uh, you know, great, uh, experience for me. So, uh, so because of that, you know, it's, 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 more actually than than what I actually uh, what I actually need in terms of my view counts, but super happy to uh, 
to have it. Um, so your painter in so London says, YouTube only shows my videos if I pay them. I did this experiment. I hired a number of days later. I stopped and I've not received visits. Okay, let me explain why. So the reason that you're not getting visits. So first, YouTube does not only show your videos if you pay. Um, YouTube shows your videos when people respond positively to what it is that you're doing. So because of that, what that means is if you are running ads for your videos, but you haven't yet learned how to get an organic response on YouTube, and what I mean by organic response is to where you publish content and naturally people on YouTube see it and they click on it because they want to see your content because you had a compelling title, you had a compelling thumbnail, the topic itself was something that was interesting. So you you know made people want to click on that video because they found it interesting. And then once they click on that video, you give them a great experience through the video content. Maybe they watch another video, something like that. Maybe they subscribe to your channel, give it a thumbs up, comment, all the stuff that we want as YouTube content creators. Well, the thing is, is if you haven't learned how to do that part yet, and then you throw a bunch of money at your YouTube channel, as soon as you stop throwing money at your YouTube channel, then that 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 traffic is just gonna dry up because you still haven't learned how to get people to click, how to make content that people enjoy, all of that stuff. So, you know, um, fortunately, there isn't any like shortcuts in terms of, you know, just throwing money at it. If you could, then, you know, it would be really easy to game this entire thing um, to, you know, to, to really, you know, blow up channels and stuff like that. Um, but because, you know, you can't shortcut the organic side of YouTube, the only way, if your content, you know, isn't great, the only the only way that you're going to be able to just keep moving forward is if you just keep spending money, but that's going to eventually drive you into a hole because those people that you are bringing in for the ads that you spend, if you can't get them to click naturally when your videos show up on their homepage being or being recommended next to other pieces of content, then you are going to end up taking a loss because you're only gonna, you're only gonna be living by the ad money that you're spending. So because of that, I recommend that you just stop with ads right now and that you focus on learning how to get an organic response on YouTube and that you spend the time putting in that work so that if you do decide to run ads in the future, when the ads are turned off, then you can still get people to click on what it is that you're doing. Uh, let's see here. So as we keep on, as we keep on going down through this list. So if you're just joining, I do want to let you know that um, Nimmin Live, um, if you just go to NimminLivePodcast.com, um, that uh, Nimmin Live is now available as a podcast, as an audio only experience. Now keep in mind, literally, I'm just downloading the audio and uploading it up there. So I'm not like reformatting anything, nothing like that. But I've gotten tons of feedback where people say that they, you know, listen to my stuff um, while they are doing other things. So I'm like, hey, you know, maybe we can save people some data, you know, things like that. And I uh, just make it available, uh, you know, on the podcast platforms as well. So uh, just as a heads up, that is also available right now. I think it's on uh, like Google Podcasts and Apple, and it might be on Spotify. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, over the course of the week, it'll be coming out onto uh, coming out onto more things. Scarlett Cherie says, how long did it take me to get to 100,000 subscribers? Um, it was a while. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but it was, you know, it was a, it was a while. Um, it was not something that happened, you know, overnight or fast or, you know, anything like that. Um, once I did start picking up momentum and I started going on the radar, so to speak, um, the channel started growing rapidly from there. Um, but, you know, it took a, it took a while to, uh, to get that ball rolling. What's up, Heidi? Hope you're doing great. Chatty Kathy, what's up? Hope that you are also doing fantastic. So, okay, so I'm gonna hop into the form here for the people that um, put their questions in the form so we can do this in an organized way here. Um, now, keep in mind, I'm also gonna be jumping back into the chat for questions as well, because I know people are coming into here. Some people are just waking up or just get in front of the computer or whatever, and they you know miss the opportunity 
to, uh, you know, come in here and, you know, put their question in the form. So because of that, uh, you know, I, I'll be pulling them out of the, um, out of the comments as well, but I like to prioritize the form when possible because, you know, that's just the most orderly way to, you know, keep it, you know, keep everything going and also to, you know, make sure that, you know, no, nobody feels excluded or anything like that. Roberto Blake in the house. What's up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Roberto is going to be going live with Daryl after the live stream today. Um, so we'll be dropping links to that, you know, later here uh, in the live stream, but super pumped um, for that to, uh, for that to be going down um, as well. So he says, he says he's going to get me to write a book. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. That's so good. Freaking awesome. Thank you for the super, uh, super chat there. Really appreciate it um, a lot. Thank you for that. Let's see here. Um, Book Bar Bros Star Wars channel super says, does YouTube track. treat lives from StreamYard differently than regular uploads after the live is complete in terms of search? No. Um, everything, you know, in terms of search um, or just in terms of how the live stream does after the stream is complete comes down to how people experience the replay. You know, like... If, if we break everything on YouTube down to a core idea, that idea comes down to, it doesn't matter what you upload. It doesn't matter if it's a community post. It doesn't matter if it's a YouTube video. It doesn't matter if it's a short. It doesn't matter if it's a live stream. It doesn't matter if it's a story. Like whatever it is that you're putting on YouTube, the more that people respond positively to that content, the more that content is going to get surfaced on the platform. The less that people respond positively to that content, the less it's going to get surfaced on the platform. So, you know, that's why I'm always pushing people to be like, hey, make sure you're paying attention to your audience retention reports. Make sure you're paying really close attention to how people are clicking on what it is that you're doing. Make sure that, you know, you're doing all these things because those are the things that are, you know, th that, are, that are actually going to move the needle for you because those are the things that generate a response, right? If you can learn how to get people to click, that's a response. If you can learn how to get people to watch your video for more than 30 seconds, that's a response. If you can learn how to get people to watch your videos for five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it happens to be, those are also responses. So because of that, you know, just making sure, make sure with everything it is that you're doing when you're writing titles and you're making thumbnails, when you're putting your content together, that you have that in mind and that you think to yourself, you know what, if this isn't in alignment with my viewers, then right out of the gate, this video might not do well. Um, if this video is in alignment, it just isn't compelling in any way, then there's a really good chance that this video isn't going to do well. And you're just going to have to, you know, own that. But if you can see that and you're like, you know what, this isn't that, you know, I could be, I could do better then do better. And then you'll notice the results that you're getting are also going to be better, um, as well. Um, let's see here. Gillian Barry says I'm four months, um, in at 1.3 thousand subscribers, do you think Super this is trash. good? I do. So Gillian, um, just as a heads up, when I first started YouTube, I mean, granted, we didn't have the information out there, you know, that we have now in terms of all the YouTube help channels and stuff. Um, at the time, it was just like Daryl Leaves and Tim Schmoyer. Um, and Tim was at Real SEO, I believe, at that time. But basically, um, uh, for me, it took me five months to get my first 150 subscribers on YouTube. So like for, you know, for me um, and my channel, like if you were to compare yours to mine, like you're doing way better um, than I did when I first started my YouTube channel. So just as a heads up on that, you're doing great, okay? So, so another thing I wanna tell you um, as well is that you know, there's a lot of people that start YouTube channels and it takes them a year to get 100 subscribers. Um, it takes them you know, a year to get 1,000 subscribers. So you know, because of that, you know, I just want to let you know that you're, that you're doing great. So uh, you know, just keep, keep doing what you're doing, keep trying to you know, figure out how to improve, keep paying really close attention. Like if you're able to get 1,000 people to subscribe, you're gonna, you're gonna easily be able to get 100,000 people. It's just filling in the time between now and you know, in that point in time, filling in the time and the content right, to make it happen. Um, but you're, but you're, off to a, you're off to a great start. Uh, let's see here. Journey with Amit 
super chat. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Okay, so I'm going to hop back into the form here, and uh, we will go ahead and get rolling on uh, get rolling on that. So, um, painting with Yvette is the YouTube channel, and the type of channel is teaching Bob Ross painting. Super cool painting happy little trees, <laughs> paint, paint happy trees. I don't know if they're little, but painting happy trees. Love it. Um, says that uh, the goal of the channel is to teach others that they really can learn to paint right along with me. And the question says, um, when a company wants to send me free product to review on my channel, do I have to put a checkbox? Um, the video contains paid promotion like product placement, sponsorship, or endorsement. I am not paid. It is free to test and give my opinion. Is it a good idea to accept these kinds of offers? One, um, let's let's unpack this a little bit. So the very first thing is in terms of, is it worth it? Um, if you were gonna go pay for the paints that you're using and all you have to do in your video is mention that you're using you know, that paint from you know that company or whatever, and it saved you a bunch of money on paints that you had to buy, then in that case, sure, it's worth it, right? But if you, you know, they're sending them to you and then you have this obligation where it's like, ah, you know what? I don't really like these paints, but I'm going to paint them anyway because I have this obligation to where it becomes like a, like a negative thing. Then in that case, you know, it wouldn't be worth it and you wouldn't want to, you know, continue down that path. But um, when it comes to getting free stuff, absolutely, you know, your YouTube channel is great for that. However, just make sure that the stuff it is that you are bringing awareness to is quality stuff. And the reason that's important and everybody pay really close attention to this. When you are promoting things as an affiliate or you're just bringing attention to things, you know, through sponsors or whatever it happens to be, make sure that you are um, working with companies or that you're promoting things that you truly believe in and that you truly think is quality. The reason this is important is because one, you know, you just want to have that uh, uh, credibility, but two, if somebody watches your content and they end up making a purchase based on your recommendation and the thing that they purchased is not something that, you know, didn't turn out like you said, then in that case, they're not going to take your recommendation again. So because of that, the better that you can, you know, treat your audience and make sure that the, the companies that you're working with are in alignment in terms of quality and the experience that your audience is going to have. And it's something that they actually need. Then in that case, when you recommend something and they see how awesome it is, then everything that you recommend, they're going to be like, oh yeah, this is great. Yeah. So what else, what, what else you got? <laughs> right. So, you know, because of that, just make sure that, you know, that you stand behind, you know, whatever paints it is that they are sending you if you are going to recommend them in your video. Now let's talk about the other part. Um, if a company sends you something, you do have to put um, that checkbox there. And even though they gave it to you for free, if they are like, they gave it to you for free, hoping that you'll make a video with it or at, with the agreement that you're gonna make a video with it, therefore that free thing is also looked at as, as payment because if you were to walk into a store, um, like this is just my perception of why, but if you were to walk into a store and just take some paint, then in that case, you know, it'd be theft. So since they're giving it to you, then, uh, and it's a company giving it to you, then all of a sudden you are, you know, taking that paint as payment, even though they're not giving you actual cash. So, uh, so because of that, you absolutely have to make sure that you are uh, marking that checkbox. Great question. Uh, let's see here. So as we keep on going really quick, um, I just want to invite you to give this stream a thumbs up. Um, just, you know, if you're enjoying the content so far, make sure that you give it a thumbs up. And I'm going to hit this real quick too while I'm drinking coffee. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. All right. So Roto says that um, it took Mr. Beast 100 videos to get 780 subscribers. It took him 460 videos to get 10,000 subscribers. Now he's at like millions and millions and millions. Okay, let's see here. Greetings from New Zealand. Does the length Super of a channel's name matter? Does it matter um, if it's a two-word name or a three-word name as long as it's easy for the audience to remember? That's the key. As long as it's easy for the audience to remember, that's all that matters. So, you know, if you were to take out the width, 
um, of your name as an example. If people can remember journey emit, then that's fine. If they can remember journey with emit, then that's fine too. Um, it's just the idea is that you want it easy for people. Like, okay, if I were to, if you and me were sitting down having coffee, uh, emit, if you and me were sitting down having coffee and I'm like, oh man, uh, there's this YouTube channel. Uh, he makes really awesome stuff. His, his channel's Journey with Emit. You got to check this out as soon as you get home. As a matter of fact, just pull it up on your phone right now. Um, you know, it's easy to remember. But if you had like, you know, uh, Journey with Emit 8874296, then all of a sudden your name becomes difficult to remember. So because of that, you know, just for people being able to talk about your YouTube channel and easily find it based on what it is that you say. Having your name, you know, something that's easy to remember is a win. Um, other things to think about when you are naming your YouTube channels to make sure that you're saying it out loud, because, you know, as your channel goes along, there's a really good chance you might end up on podcasts and on other people's live streams and things like that. So when you say your YouTube channel name, you want people to easily be able to pull that up on their phone or, or you know, type it into YouTube or whatever it happens to be so they can find you easily. So when you're coming up with a name for your channel, make sure that in addition to, you know, it being, you know, on point with whatever branding it is that you're trying to do. Um, also make sure that it's something to where if you say it out loud, that it's easy to understand and there's no confusion in terms of um, journey to emit, you would have to say, um, you know, if your channel is journey to emit, you'd have to say, uh, you know, uh, if I was like, you know, hey, you know, come on my live stream. And I'm like, hey, emit, what's your YouTube channel? And you're like, journey to emit, then you would have to say, and it's, uh, it's, it's T-O, not the number two. Or if it was the number two, you'd have to say it's the number two, not uh, T-O. Or if you just did, you know, the 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 two lines and you'd have to, you know, say that as well, whatever it ended up being. So you just want to make it easy on yourself and make it easy for people to understand. And that's really part of YouTube in general is just making things as easy as possible for people. Easier you make it, um, the, the the better off you're going to be. The Bunny Dojo Rabbit super Care and chat. Bun Fun, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Okay. Why do you need a thousand subs to go live? The reason that you need a thousand subs to go live is because a lot of, there's a lot of shady people out there that do a lot of shady things. So because of that, um, this creates a barrier of sorts between, you know, YouTube and those shady people. However, um, you can go live on YouTube using third party apps. Um, uh, you just can't do it directly from YouTube itself. Or actually you can't do it directly from the mobile app, um, itself. Uh, let's see here as we keep on going through the list here. Um, we've got painting with, oh, we got painting with Yvette already. Let me go to the next one. Says uh, Rudatude Productions says uh, the type of channels stop motion and skits, um, but I do a lot of Spider Man themes, including um, one about you. Just got to upload it. Goal of the channel says my goal is to have fun making dumb skits and making uh, and maybe getting to meet some of my favorite creators. The question. Hey, Nick, thank you for answering a ton of questions over the past few weeks. My question this time is about copyright. So I watched this guy who makes really funny plushy series, and I'm making one of my own, but I want to know if I can get a copyright strike if I were to reference his series, like mentioning a scene in his series. Thank you so much. Have a great day and wear a seatbelt for safety purposes. Ah, <laughs> oh, love the porpoise part. Okay, so um, when it comes to making the reference to another channel, that's where you, in most cases, um, and of course, I'm not a lawyer, I got to make that disclaimer. Um, but basically, this is where, um, you know, because you are just having that as like an insert in your video, and you're making the reference to them, you know, keep it short, of course, you don't want to spend too much time on it. But because you are making the reference directly to them, um, then it's, it, it's, you know, 
like I wouldn't worry about it is what I'm saying. Um, however, one thing that would be cool is to reach out to, to the content creator that you're going to have in there and just, you know, ask their permission. Say, Hey, I'm going to be, you know, doing this. And I just want to reference this part of your video. Cause I think it's cool or whatever. Um, so, you know, reference that and, uh, just, you know, see if you can get a confirmation from them or an okay for them, um, for that. Cause they're going to see it anyway. So, you know, like YouTube channels, after you, you know, kind of get going a little bit, um, you're going to see a, like a copyright center in your YouTube channel and you can see when people use your content anyway. Um, so because of that, you know, just reaching out to them would kind of put you on their radar and let them know, hey, when you see that in there, you know, just be a little bit patient with me because or, or just don't, you know, hit that one, um, you know, for a copyright <laughs> because, you know, because they're giving you permission for it. OK, so uh, let's see here. Next up. On the list, this is a really great question. Penny's Place at Penny's Place says, um, how to answer all the comments from subscribers. So on my channel, um, we get a lot of comments here and we try to make sure that every comment is answered. Um, there's help with that. And uh, basically what you want to do, um, to, let me just give you some tips here on, on, on optimizing your workflow when it comes to answering comments. So depending on the comments that you're getting, there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to be repeating over time. So because of that, um, there are apps that you can get. Um, like, for example, if you're on an iPhone, I believe it's called Canned. And I'm going to show you a screenshot of it right here so you can see exactly what it is. Um, they also have alternatives on Android, but I'm not sure what they are off the top of my head. Um, but if you look at Canned, if I can find it here, I know it's in here. I don't know where it is. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to do? Anyway, it's called canned. <laughs> I thought I was going to show you the icon. Ah, there it is. So if you look down here at the very bottom, um, you're going to see one that says canned. It's right next to air visual there, right next to time, buddy. And uh, with those, um, basically with canned, what it is, is it's canned responses, okay? So for example, if you have things that people commonly ask you, then you can go ahead and build those canned responses in. And then all you have to do is just, you know, it, it goes directly into your keyboard. So you tap a little option in your keyboard and then you can just tap on your reply to that answer. You can send people to other videos, send them to playlists, whatever you want. You can fill this thing out as long as you want. Um, but then that way you can just go through and you don't have to spend tons of time typing things when you start noticing common things coming through. And that really can help speed up your workflow. You can also do this inside of YouTube partially because they have their AI uh, makes some automatic comments as well if you're on a computer. And in addition to that, if you're a TubeBuddy user, TubeBuddy also has a canned comment area also to where you can also add, you know, the canned comments and things like that. However, theirs does not integrate with the keyboard. So because of that, I do recommend that you find one that integrates with the keyboard just because it, it, it helps a ton uh, when it comes to your to your workflow. Um, another thing that can be beneficial there when it comes to answering comments is just blocking out time for it. So if there's things that you do to where you can have a little bit of space to interact with the community, um, let's say that you, you know, if it's coffee time, or breakfast time or, you know, uh, time, you know, anything else, any, anywhere else that you have some downtime, you know, if you can just pull your phone out then and you, you can use uh, the YouTube Creator Studio app as well, um, because inside of the YouTube Creator Studio app, who here as a YouTuber does not have the YouTube Creator Studio app installed? The one that looks like this, the, the gear icon right up here in this corner, YT Studio, who here does not have that app installed? So... Just as a heads up, um, with that particular app, um, just in case you do not, um, let me scroll down the page here. Just in case you do not have that app installed, um, I want to let you know that it curates all of your comments into like one comment feed. So it makes answering comments super efficient. So combining this with 
the canned or whatever canned response uh, keyboard that you use really helps you speed up your workflow when it comes to answering comments on your YouTube channel. And this gets increasingly more important as your channel grows, you start having more activity um, and all of that. Yalad Mitch says, um, how to fix my laptop when it won't turn on? Um, it's not a YouTube question, but I need help. I'm not sure. So if it won't turn on, um, I'm definitely not the person for that one. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, that great when it comes to that kind of tech. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I definitely can't, I definitely can't help you with that one, unfortunately. Okay, so next up here, I'm going to grab another one here out of the, um, out of the uh, form. And we have Trail of the Wild Wild. And Trail of the Wild Wild says uh, they do wildlife education-based channel. And the goal of the channel is to teach as many people about wildlife in a fun and interactive way. How many people here are into wildlife? You just like to, you know, kind of go out into the, into nature and just kind of see, you know, the world and what's going on, you know, in the, in the wildlife, you know, what are, what are animals doing out there? How, how many of you like to see that? How many, how many of you are into that kind of thing? Um, the goal of the channel um, is to teach many people about wildlife and the question, I'm working on producing more professional videos, excuse me, and making my, um, and making my channel more professional looking, how can I make my channel more interactive with playlists, community posts, et cetera. So when it comes to, um, uh, making your channel, okay. So we got a few people in here, um, that's into the, you know, wildlife, uh, that's into the wildlife world. That's good. Um, so on the making the professional videos and making your channel more professional looking, um, how do you make your channel more interactive with playlists, community posts, et cetera. So what you want to do is you want to think about how people are going to flow through your content. I actually just had this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday. We were talking about, you know, scheduling content, things like that. I brought to him, um, I brought to his attention, uh, my iPad planner that I have. And with that, um, and you can just, you know, you can screenshot on an iPad if you want, or, you know, screenshot a calendar and just do it, you know, manually if you want in, in Photoshop or something. But basically one thing that I do when I'm planning my content out is I will literally, you know, have the dates, you know, in my calendar. And then I will say, this is the video that I'm publishing here, video that I'm publishing here, video that I'm publishing here. And then I'll literally just draw lines on my iPad on, on this calendar um, I'll draw lines going from, you know, like this video is going to link to this video in the end screen in the, in the pinned comment. This video is going to link to this video. This video is going to link to this video. So I can just get an overview of where it is that I'm going to be trying to send people based on that particular video and the interest that the people that are watching that video might have. Um, and by doing that, that helps me create that flow to where when you get to the end of one of my videos to where I'm like, you know, hey, you know, if you want to learn how to do this thing next, then, you know, click into this playlist right here um, or this video right here, then uh, that has been, you know, it's a preemptive thing that I put together by drawing out exactly, you know, what it is that I want to, uh, what it is that I want to link to next um, or what it is that I want you to do next based on the things that you're interested in. And then of course I make sure that I add a best for viewers well, because YouTube, um, is smarter than I am when it comes to knowing what you want to watch next. So because of that, I, I recommend one and then I have that best for viewer. But in addition to that, um, when you are trying to link everything up, making your channel professional looking, one thing that is beneficial, of course, is having a professional looking channel art. Um, and then in addition to that, you categorize your content into playlists based on the things that people come to your YouTube channel for. And you put those playlists as sections on your YouTube channel page. And by doing that, what you're doing is you're making it easy for people to find the content that they care about in your YouTube channel. When it comes to your uh, community feed, then one thing that you can do there is of course you can make sure that you are, um, uh, that you are, you know, sharing links to videos in there, video uh, links to playlists that you're asking your community questions that you are putting polls in there, that you're posting images in there, things that you might be working on that might be of interest to your audience, that kind of stuff. Um, but that's how you, you know, do that sort of thing. But the, the idea is that you think of 
on the content side, what are people going to watch next, right? Like, how can I, you know, help, help people flow through the content that they care about? Um, and then when it comes to your community post, you want to think about how can I just interact with the people that, you know, that are, that are involved with my stuff? How can I interact with them, you know, through the community feed or through stories? And, uh, and then you, you know, start, uh, start working on that. All right. So, uh, let's see here next up on our list, we have, and I'm gonna pull this one from the, from the chat. Um, oh, met blogging to embed videos. Is it worth the time? Okay. Sorry about that, Jimmy. So when it comes to, um, blogging to embed videos, is it worth the time? Um, if you have a high traffic vlog, sure. Um, if you're good at search engine optimization, sure. Because what's going to happen is if you put out videos that people respond to positively, YouTube is going to show your videos in search. As long as you're optimizing for search, they're going to show your videos in search. Um, and then, uh, if your video gets a good response when people are looking for it in Google as well, um, and other textual search engines that have video results, then in that case, those will end up staying there as well. So then you now have two search-based, um, you know, ways that people are coming into your YouTube channel. And then if you have a blog and you stay active on that blog and you, you know, over time you grow that blog, just like you're growing your YouTube channel to where it starts becoming its own, you know, traffic as well. Then in that case, what you do is you start having these additional pages um, on, you know, the front page of Google and the front page of Bing and, you know, everything else to where as people are looking for the type of content that you make, they can land on the textual stuff if they skipped over the videos. And then you also have that embedded video in there as well to where they can still come over to your YouTube channel. Um, and one quick tip that I want to give you is if you are, and I'm going to share the screen here in just a second so I can show you this. Um, if you are somebody that is, uh, let's see here. If you are somebody that is going to, um, that is going to add your videos to your blog. Um, one thing that I recommend is the Google developers, if you just if you just Google for Google developers um, subscribe button, one thing that you are going to run into is a screen that looks like this. Let's see, there we go. Let me stretch this out a little bit just so I can make sure that you can see everything okay. Um, so basically you're gonna run into a screen um, that looks like this. And when you're on this screen, huh, my magnifying glass isn't working. Oh, there we go. Um, but basically when you run into this screen, what you're gonna see is um, they're going to allow you through an embed code to actually embed a subscribe button on your blog as well. Um, and all you have to do here, and I'm, I'm just gonna show you how this works really quick. Um, all you have to do is you just change this to your channel name, right? And then when you change it to your channel name, it's gonna show this down here and you tell them what type of layout that you want. Um, and then let's just say it's a dark mode if you have a darker theme. Uh, we'll change it back to light so it blends with this. And then, of course, you can have it if they show your subscriber count or not. And then all you have to do for your blog is you can just have this as part of, you know, like a default template that you use um, to where you paste this underneath your video with a little call to action reminding people to subscribe. Um, or you can put this in your sidebar or whatever it is. Um, but you can, if you just look for Google Developers Subscribe button, um, then it will take you to this page where you can, uh, you know, add that to your um, you know, add that to what it is that you're doing as well um, for the sake of also generating subscribers as well as views directly from your uh, directly from your blog as well. So hopefully that was helpful. Uh, let's see here. As we keep on going through the list, we got Rodsters TV. Super says, chat. hey, Nick, what's up, Rod? Says, um, could you provide some insights as why a video doesn't get as many views with same CTR retention as another one, like 200 views versus um, 1300 topic? So um, the topic matters, how people engage with that content matters, um, where you're getting the traffic from matters. So for example, let's say that you have one video 
um, that um, the way that you optimize that video and the place that people responded to that video most was YouTube search. Well, that one might be something that people don't search for that much, but they still search for it. So then you end up getting 200 views. But let's say that you published another piece of content and that one has higher browse traffic or suggested traffic going to it. And because of that one, just more people are seeing it and then more people are clicking on it that way and coming in and then you get the 1300 views from there, right? So it just depends on exactly where the traffic is coming from, how long people are watching from the different traffic sources. Um, and also other things, you know, are people sharing one video where they're not sharing the other? Once people get to the end of one video, what are they doing? Are they leaving that video and going and watching another channel? Or are you trying to funnel them, you know, in deeper into your content? Um, if you look at your in-screen um, information on YouTube, are people actually clicking into your in-screens? If so, on the one video, um, try to figure out why they're clicking on that one compared to, you know, the other one. But you can, you know, break all of this stuff down inside of your YouTube analytics. But, you know, topic matters, the traffic source matters, how people are interacting with it in terms of sharing it, that kind of thing matters. Um, uh, but those are the types of things that you want to look to, um, look into that will cause you know the same or or that will cause similar videos to perform uh to perform differently uh let's see here uh as we keep on going any tips for travel and wild travel channels absolutely um you know just think about you know you're going to be showing the world because you know there's a bunch of stuff within travel by itself so i'm not sure exactly what it is that you're doing but um uh you know when you're making travel based content because i'm you know i travel too um so you know the type of content that i look for when i travel um typically is more informational stuff compared to you know just hey here i am in india doing this thing mine is more like you know hey these are things that you need to check out when you come to India um, or when you come to this particular city um, or, you know, whatever it happens to be. So, you know, if you're doing uh, travel content, just really make sure that you think about, um, you know, like, like, am I vlogging my experience and sharing that? And if I am, how can I also add value to the people that are watching the content there to where it's not about me, but it's also about them. Um, and then if you're just sharing, you know, like the, the tips on all the different places, that kind of stuff, um, then in that case, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're just being very specific on the help that you're giving people, you know, five, five, you know, places you got to see here, seven places you got to see here, um, that type of thing. Uh, let's see here. So as we keep on going down the list, Kristen's Epic Adventures. Welcome to the Nimanati. When you get a chance, go to nimanvip.com. That is our members only Facebook group. Make sure you fill out all the information on the way in um, because that's how I verify that you are a member after the, uh, after the stream today. Uh, let's see here. As we keep on going down, says, hey, Nick, um, if you Super don't like chat. your channel name and you change it, does it hurt your channel? No, um, especially if you're just getting started. If you have over 100,000 subscribers, then you lose your actual checkmark um, and then you can reapply for your checkmark. And um, according to uh, the Google help pages, it takes, I think, around three weeks for them to you know verify everything again and get that checkmark back. Um, but as of right now, if you have over 100,000 subscribers and you change it, then you're going to lose that checkmark um, temporarily, possibly permanently if they don't reapprove it. Um, uh, so there's that. Um, but also think about like if you're just just getting started, let's say you don't have a thousand subscribers yet, then you can just change your name, whatever. Um, and you know, you can you can make that change. But if you have an established channel, just remember, you know, people are looking for your YouTube channel based on your name. So because of that, you know, trying to keep the same name if possible is important. Um, but you know, if you're if you're just getting the ball rolling, um, then in that case, you know, feel free to uh to change your name if you need to. Okay, so um let's see here. The next one here um is going to come out of the form. There's one more here, top ranked says, tell us about the algorithm in June of 2021. So 
One thing that I want you to think about when it comes to the YouTube algorithm is that, um, or YouTube algorithms is that um, that the core the core fundamentals is always the same, and the fundamentals are. If people respond positively to what it is that you're doing, YouTube's gonna show your content to more people. If they don't, um, and other people are getting a better response than you with the type of content that you make, then they're gonna get seen more. So because of that, it's really important to make sure that that you remove, like, okay, how can I say this? Okay, so when, when it comes to YouTube, um, everybody is always, you know, like algorithm, 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 right? Um, it sounds smart, right? It sounds smart, it sounds great and all that. But at the end of the day, the thing that really matters on YouTube is your content. So what you should be thinking about instead of, hey, can you tell us about the algorithm June 2021, what you should be thinking about is, hey, can you give me any tips on how to make better content for the people that are, you know, that are, that are watching my videos or how any, you know, basic ideas or, or any tips that you have um, for keeping people watching for a longer period of time or to help people, uh, you know, enjoy my content more like that kind of thing um, is a much better question than, you know, then can you tell me about the, the algorithm in 2021? Because when it comes to YouTube's algorithm, like I said before, everything is based on the response. So if you get a good response from people because you make good content, then YouTube has no choice. I mean, they have a choice, but I mean, like they're going to show your content to people because you're helping YouTube serve their goals, which is keeping people on the platform so that they can keep them coming back to the platform because they're having a great experience. And they can also keep showing ads to people and, you know, keep, you know, because eventually they'll leave your video and go watch somebody else's video and so on. So what they want is they want you to give a great experience to their viewers so that they'll keep coming back to YouTube and they'll stay on YouTube longer when they do. So in a nutshell, when it comes to the YouTube algorithm, instead of thinking for, of it from the perspective of, you know, like, hey, is there something that I can do to game it? And I'm not saying that that's the question that you're asking, but, you know, I know a lot of people think that way. Um, but instead of thinking like, hey, is there anything that I can do to kind of game the algorithm to kind of help it, you know, work in my favor or anything like that? One of the things that YouTube says in the YouTube Creator Academy is instead of worrying about what the algorithm likes, think about what your audience likes instead. If you do that and you make that content and people watch, the algorithm will follow. Okay, so the algorithm follows the audience. The algorithm follows the humans that are on YouTube interacting with content. So if you get that positive response from people, they're clicking on your stuff, they're watching it, they're sharing it with friends, they're adding it to playlists, they're liking it, they're commenting, they're doing all the stuff, then your videos are gonna do great. Um, if they're not, and you, you know, you haven't gotten yourself to that competitive, you know, level yet in terms of, you know, your content performing well on the platform, then in that case, you know, your, your, your content's not going to do well um, until one, YouTube finds that right audience for you um, in terms of they show it to the right people and they respond positively or um, until you get to the point of making content that is good enough or competitive enough um, for YouTube for people to respond to it better, which then in turn causes YouTube to show it to more people. So that's what's going on um, with the YouTube, uh, you know, with the YouTube algorithms. Uh, let's see here. Uh, as we keep on going through the list, you are not too late. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the live stream today. Uh, so next up on our list here, as I keep going down, we have Skip View says a hater bought fifty Super downvotes and knocked my video out of high ranking keywords. Does YouTube see that and correct it, or is it doomed forever? Yeah, YouTube will end up correcting that um, if they bought downvotes. Um, 150 shouldn't even like do that much, um, depending on how many likes that you got. Um, but if you are, 
Like if you had that happen and it caused some type of negative reaction on YouTube in some way, um, then in that case, uh, you know, eventually they will end up, you know, detecting that that happened and you should be okay um, once they detect that. So it's it's not something that's gone forever. Um, but, you know, that is definitely something that people do, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, it's not going to be something that's going to impact you uh, long term. So instead of instead of like focusing on that, um, I would just focus on like your next video, just kind of have that one behind you and just kind of let it do its own thing as YouTube figures it out um, or they as they detect it, then they'll you know be able to do that. I would also go on the YouTube creator forum and I would plead your case there. But one thing to keep in mind is it's going to be really difficult for you unless you have documentation to prove to them that, you know, that your friend bought, you know, downvotes. But if they're your friends like, hey, they send you an email. Hey, dude, I just bought a bunch of downvotes for your stuff. And then you notice it on your YouTube channel and you can sync all that up. Then I would plead my case there um, in the YouTube community forums to see if you can get, you know, some help um, to from them and bring it to their attention. The Bunny Dojo. Welcome to the Nimanati. When you get a chance, go to go to nimmonvip.com. That is our members-only Facebook group. It'll redirect you um, to Facebook. Make sure you fill out all the information on the way in because um, that's how I verify that you are a member after two days' stream. Okay, next up on our list, we are going to pull this one from the form over here as well. And on this one, we have uh, Meme Piano. Meme Piano says they upload one time per week or more. Um, they do memes on piano. And the goal of the channel is to get a thousand subscribers. And the question, are shorts worth it? They seem to get views, but not as much subs. So if shorts are worth it or not, really comes down to, you know, the effort that you put into shorts and the results that you get out of the shorts and what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your channel. So if you can use shorts as a quick hit to have an influx of viewers because they respond positively to your short and those people based on the specific short that you made would also be a good candidate to watch your long form content, then absolutely. But if you make content about pianos over here and, and you want people to watch that content, but then you make a short about something that's not really related to that in any way, then the people that are going to interact with that content that might be presented to your video later are not going to respond to it. And therefore, um, that that would make that effort useless or not at, not necessarily useless, but not as worthwhile um, as if you were to do something that was in alignment with, uh, you know, with your long form content. As we keep on going down the list here, what is retention metric percentage of video or minutes? Um, so retention, you actually get both. So you get um, your percentage viewed and you get your total minutes watched. And you also have, you have your absolute retention, which is how people are responding to your video specifically second by second. And then you also have relative audience retention, which is how people are responding to your videos compared to videos of similar length on the platform. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different things uh, within audience retention, apparently. Um, but you have, you know, you have your percentage viewed, you have your minutes viewed, and then you also have uh, your absolute absolute retention and your uh, and your relative audience retention as well. Uh, let's see here. Next up on our list, we're going to pull this one from the form and then we will get back into the um, chat as well. So this one is from Ross Baxter. What's up, Ross? Hope you're going great. Says they have an art podcast channel. The goal of the channel is to help artists find their dream job by interviewing guests in the film and game industries. Question. Hey, Nick, thanks for always answering my questions. My question, my pleasure. Um, my question today is most of my growth comes from word of mouth through social media from the guests I invite on the show. Do you think YouTube is designed for long form content? Um, I don't think that it's necessarily designed for long form content. However, um, people without question consume long form content on YouTube. Like there's like, there's going to be a lot of people in here that came into this live stream 
uh, right when I started, and they're still going to be here when we uh, when we split at the end of the live stream today. Um, and this is going to be like three hours or so, maybe four. I don't know. We're going to see how it goes. But like with this live stream today, this is going to be three hours. People are going to hang out are, are going to hang out here. So you know, people absolutely consume long form content. Some of the most successful podcasts on YouTube because you do podcast content. Some of the most successful podcasts on YouTube are long form you know podcasts. So you know because of that, they are proof that uh, people definitely consume long form content on YouTube as well. Um, but one thing that you might want to consider is that, you know, one of the popular things in the podcast world that people do is they will make clips um, of, you know, highlights of their podcast. And they'll have another channel for that. So they use that as a doorway to introduce people to, you know, the general things that you talk about in your podcasts. And then you have your long form channel to where you can link directly from, to that from the short form channel. So basically, short form, easier to consume, quick bites of information, things that would matter to, you know, individual viewers. And then you have the long form stuff, um, which is, you know, the actual, you know, real content. Okay, next up, we've got Quizzard. Super chat. Sound makes me think of like a wizard. Your channel name makes me think of like a wizard, but like a wizard hat, but with like uh, question marks all over it. Uh, that's what I think of when I when I see your uh, channel name. So they killed my channel when I uh, left for school. Any advice on bringing it back to life? Absolutely. Go look in your um, in your videos list. So if you log into your YouTube analytics right now, one of the things you're going to see is you are going to see the um, videos that have been bringing in the, the most traffic over the last 28 day period. Um, so you want to go and look at those. And you also want to look at the content that's performed well on your channel in the past and find the stuff that is, you know, that that is causing the most traffic on your channel right now, even if it's not a lot, find the stuff that people are responding to the most and make follow-up content to that. So just make sure that the new content is in alignment with the stuff that's bringing in the viewers because they're the most recent people that are interacting with your channel. So you want to make sure that you're thinking of them because since they are some of the most recent people that are interacting with your channel, some of those people will be the will be some of the first people that will see the new content. And those people that see the content first are going to be the people that will um, dictate the initial performance of the video when you publish it. Traveling Man Las Vegas says, what the, what's the purpose of bots? So when it comes to bots, um, when, it, when it pertains to YouTube or just anything on the internet, um, the idea with that is people will usually use them to artificially inflate numbers and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then they will also use them, like, like basically what people will do is they'll have entire channels that are like bot ran. And those bots just run all over YouTube using uh, the YouTube channel as, uh, or, or using that channel like a user would. And then there's shady services that will sell um, that will sell stuff to YouTubers based on the bot networks that they have. And they'll tell, you know, hey, we got real people, you know, watching your videos and real people doing this, but it's all a sham. Um, so, so, you know, never, ever under any circumstance buy views or subscribers, anything like that, because um, it's like it's not legit. So uh, just make sure that you're keeping that sort of thing in mind. But outside of that, there is no real purpose um, when it comes to bots on uh, on YouTube. It's all it's all it's all it's all uh, it's all bad. <laughs> OK, so um, let's see here. Dr. Andrea Ferland says three hours long while you're super energetic. How many coffees do you drink in your breakfast, Nick? So for me, it's actually a uh, 9 p.m. here where I am. Um, so, you know, I have my one big. I mean, if you see how big this coffee cup is, like if you, here, if I compare this to the two buddy coffee cup, just so you can see what's going on here, how I stay charged this whole time. So this is the this is the coffee cup that I'm drinking out of. And this is the um, this is the two buddy coffee cup. So you can see how much, you know, wider this one is. And if I tip it without spilling stuff here, um, you can also see how much, you know, bigger it is there as well. 
So basically, I uh, you know I just stay juiced up with coffee, but I drink a lot of water um, pre-stream um, so that I can you know make sure that I'm hydrated, which is something I try to do anyway. Um, but I drink a lot of uh, you know uh, a lot of water uh, you know pre-stream and all that stuff. And I I'm also mindful of the food that I eat, and I usually eat a banana or two um, before my stream as well because um, that's also helpful um, on my on my temporary energy. So as these streams go on, so like, let's say that I stream for like four hours or something around the, around the three and a half, maybe four hour mark, you'll definitely notice a, an energy curve <laughs> that kind of goes into the negative a little bit. Um, you know, just as, you know, as that, as that steam starts, uh, starts running out. Um, any advice for a gaming channel? Absolutely. Great question. So when it comes super to, chat. thank you for the super chat, by the way, um, when it comes to gaming channels, one thing that is um, really advantageous for you is making sure that you're creating doorway content into your channel. So if you have, let's say you're doing like Let's Plays or you're doing longer form content, also create some shorter form, like helpful content that's going to be easier to consume. That's one going to help people solve their problems of in a specific game, beating specific characters, knowing where all the loot is in a particular game, that kind of stuff. Um, like make content like that and use that as doorways to bring people in so that you can introduce them to the long form stuff. If you're only making like help content, then just look around, you know, be very active in the communities around the game that you play because the community by itself will let you know the things that people care about. So be on Reddit, be on Facebook um, and be, you know, interacting in like Twitter conversations around the game, that kind of stuff. Follow the games that you play, their companies, follow them on uh, everywhere on social media, read their comments as well, because you're going to see when something happens or when they do something, you're going to see the crowd go wild over it, you know, in positive or negative ways. And that means that's an opportunity there. Um, and you can make content on that. And just based on the fact that people are charged over that at the moment, um, you know, it shows you that there's more interest in that thing. So when you publish a video on it, then that gives you the opportunity to actually capitalize on those moments when, you know, gaming companies make good and bad decisions <laughs> around the game. Um, so make sure that you embed yourself in the community so you know what's going on in your world, so to speak, um, around the content that you make. That can be really advantageous. And in addition to that, one thing that I really recommend to gamers, because as a, as a gamer, like if you're a gamer that's serious enough about gaming to make a YouTube channel about it, like I, I look at you as like a next level gamer. So like for me, I'm a gamer, but for me, like I play games, you know, like at the end of the night or something like that, or maybe if I have some downtime, I might play some games, um, but I don't play games so much that I have a YouTube channel about it. Um, so because of that, like I'm here and then you, you know, as, as somebody that's making gaming content, you're like up here, or like way up here. Um, so because of that, one thing that I would recommend that you do is that you start modifying your perspective when it comes to YouTube and all the stuff involved with being a YouTube content creator. How many gamers are here? If you're a gamer, just give me a hashtag me. Um, but basically, um, as a gamer, you have a unique skill set in terms of, you know, like pattern recognition and, you know, like when you're, you know, when you're always trying to, you know, beat different numbers in the games and things like that, like you're, 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 you're constantly able to push yourself to these new milestones and all these different games and you're willing to commit the time to it because games are fun. I recommend that you adjust your mindset when it comes to YouTube and you start looking at YouTube through the lens of YouTube being a game. And that means looking in your YouTube analytics, paying really close attention to the way that people are interacting with your content, looking at the numbers of your thumbnails in terms of your click-through rate um, from all the different traffic sources, look at how you're able to keep people watching and start literally game up, you know, turning YouTube itself into a game and you're uploading content there as well, just because the way that you view things as a serious gamer um, is advantageous when it comes to, you know, being able to push yourself when it comes to things like YouTube, um, because really it's just a process of learning things just like you do in the game. So for example, 
when you let's say that you first start, you know, playing, and I'll just say like Fortnite, um, because my girlfriend and I play Fortnite a lot. So let's say that we're, you know, let's say that you know when you first drop in on Fortnite the very first time, like you don't know what's going on if you've never watched any videos about it. But then over time, you know, you learn, hey, you know, I can hit this and I can break down walls and I can go in and I can get whatever, um, and then I can start, you know, fighting people, all that good stuff. But you start, you know, developing all this knowledge and then your skill set, you get better at aiming and knowing what guns to use and when and all that stuff, and your skill set start expanding. So what you want to do is you want to take that type of mind mindset and you want to apply it to your YouTube channel and start looking at your YouTube channel like it's a game. I, I have a I have a whole video um, about you know this idea, um, but you want to you know go in. You want to just want to start looking at YouTube itself like it's a game in addition to the game that you're playing, um, so that you can start leveraging those skill sets just based on that mindset shift and start looking at YouTube you know in a different way. Um, in addition to that. We got the doorway stuff. We've got the um, mindset stuff. In addition to that, um, you also want to make sure that when you are putting your titles together, that you're not using stuff like, you know, GTA 5 gameplay, right? Um, you want to make sure that you have compelling stuff attached to that because there's a million videos on YouTube, probably not a million, but there's a lot of videos on YouTube around GTA 5 gameplay or whatever game it is that you're playing gameplay um, or, you know, tips or, you know, tricks or, you know, that kind of stuff. So because of that, you really want to make sure that you are really leaning on the compelling side. So it's like, hey, I'm gonna have GTA 5 in the title or Fortnite in the title or Call of Duty in the title or whatever it is that you're playing. But I also need to think from, from the, the gamer's perspective, I gotta think, okay, if a gamer sees this on their homepage, what about this thumbnail and title combination and the overall topic of this video? What about these is going to compel that person to click on it? Just GTA uh, 5 walkthrough or GTA 5 gameplay, um, unless you're already like a, you know, a, a popular channel, that's usually not enough. So because of that, you need to do something compelling. You got to think outside of the box. Um, other things that people do in the gaming world is they'll like handicap themselves as well to where it's like, Hey, I'm going to do this with like, I'm going to win Fortnite with no guns, or I'm going to win, uh, I'm going to win, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play GTA five and, uh, and I'm going to, you know, try to, um, you know, make it through the entire game with like one car or this entire, you know, online session with like one car without the, you know, without the car going bad or whatever it happens to be. But basically you just create these handicaps and then that way it makes it interesting. So you're not just playing the game, you're actually, you know, trying to challenge yourself to do something. And since you're challenging yourself to do a specific thing, then it makes it a lot more interesting to other people because then they get to watch to see if you can actually pull off the challenge or not. So, you know, think of things like that when it comes to, uh, when it comes to making your gaming content. Uh, let's see here as we keep on going down the list. Uh, we've got, I'm jumping back into the form for this one. Um, we've got, we have Beanie Draws. What's up, my man? Says, uh, let's see here. The type of channel is showing folks how to draw dinosaurs. The goal of the channel, to inspire others to draw more, at least give something cool to watch. So, Beanie, just a heads up, and I think you know this already, but um, I actually got procreate on my ipad because of beanie and i draw from time to time in uh, my procreate so you inspired me to draw more at least i'm sure you're the same thing with a bunch of other people but um but you inspired me to draw more too um but see here the question is um was just watching d and daniel doing some best practices and they were talking about including links to new videos preferably above the fold um i remember a few years ago re-indexing metadata was a thing that would happen if you change your description if the video was already performing well um is this still a thing that happens in 2021 and does adding a link to another video above the fold of an already performing video mess with the SEO and theoretical rankings, or is it not really a big deal anymore? Learning to adapt to the changes, always learning. Um, so I'm not a humongous fan of putting things above the fold necessarily, um, just because 
when you put things above the fold, unless it's, you know, like a sponsor link or something like that. Um, if you put a link to another video above the fold, then in that case, you know, that particular video could end up damaging the uh, retention of the current video if enough people go over there. Luckily, on YouTube, a majority of the traffic, um, a majority of the watch time is it happens on mobile devices. So most people aren't even going to see that anyway. So, you know, that that top part of your description um, is mainly used for YouTube to have context for your video. That's what they say in the Creator Academy. And they also recommend that you use one to two paragraphs in that. And if you use one to two paragraphs, then you're not even going to have space um, for that, you know, off-site link or not off-site link, but just linking to uh, that other video if you're going by best practices according to YouTube. Um, however, if you have a video that's high-performing, your people are loving it, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do some videos, and I'm, I'm definitely going to drive some people into this because it's a proven performer, then by all means, you know, go ahead and do it. But in terms of like re-indexing, um, that's not something that's, that's going to happen with your content. So um, one of the things that people also think is that, you know, if you change your title, it re-indexes your video. Um, but the idea with um, changing your title is that people just respond to different titles in different ways. And therefore, based on the response change, then YouTube is going to treat that video differently based on how it is that people are responding to that video. So because of that, um, you know, when it comes to titles, those can make an immediate impact. Um, same with your thumbnails. But when it comes to your description, you're fine. Um, going in there and changing your descriptions if you want to. But I would just be really mindful in making sure that you're very selective of the um, of the videos that you're sending people to. And in addition to that, I wouldn't send them to a video if you're going to do that, if you're going to use that real estate for that reason you know, above the fold, um, I would send them into a playlist um, instead of just sending them to a video. So then that way, um, even if you sacrifice the um, the first video, the people that are going over, they're still staying on your channel. And then they might also watch additional pieces of content from your channel from that. So if you are going to use that, I wouldn't do it with a, um, I wouldn't do it with a, uh, with one video. I would do it with a, with a playlist of videos. Uh, let's see here as we keep on going down the list. Hopefully that answers your question there, Beanie. Um, as we keep on going through the list, says Wisco Tid is the uh, next question. Says they do gaming, Apex Legends. Goal of the channel is 100 uh, crappy videos. Love it. Um, two is to build a community. Three is to go full time. Question. With me just starting and having only two videos, at what point do I start thinking about changing my thumbnail or title on videos that I've already posted? Or even if I had a plethora of videos, how much time should they be uploaded until I start changing those things? So right now, if you are getting um, feedback from your videos, let's say you have two videos on your channel and they're both getting like, you know, a thousand views. Um, then in that case, you have enough information um, right on the line there, <laughs> but you have enough information um, to where you can say, okay, you know, people aren't responding this way that I, that I want them to. So I'm going to go and I'm going to start making some changes. Um, and by doing that, you have enough data behind those videos to know if people respond to them or not. Um, but if you're getting like, you know, five views or you're getting, you know, 10 views or 15 views, something like that, or a hundred views, then in that case, there's not enough real data behind that to make a really good decision on, on, you know, on that thumbnail and, and that video topic and you know, all that. So because of that, um, what I would recommend is that you let them sit for a while. Um, so if you publish a video and you have traffic coming into that video and it's clearly not performing well, once you have established content, if we use your plethora example, once you have an established channel and you have a bunch of content, you're going to start to identify or you're going to start to have expectations. You're going to know 
um, that most of the time when you publish a video that you're going to get at least a certain amount of views within a certain time limit. And you're also going to know that within that time limit that you're going to have uh, ballpark X amount of impressions or, um, and on your high performing content, you're going to know that ballpark, your click through rates going to be about X and you're going to know that your retention is going to be about X and that the traffic sources that you're pulling the views from for those metrics are going to be um, what probably browser suggested. Um, and because of that, um, you're going to start to have a lot more information behind your channel. But right now, since you only have two videos, um, I would just move forward unless if if you titled your videos in a way to where after learning more about YouTube, you can look at your title and be like, oh, yeah, this is this is a garbage title. There's no way anybody's going to click on this. And you can identify that yourself. Then by all means, change the title <laughs> because, you know, because you're going to be making a positive improvement, changing it into something better. But if you're like, you know what? Maybe, you know, like I think this is a decent title, but, you know, it just hasn't gotten enough impressions yet for YouTube to really know who the right people are for it yet. It's a new channel, so they might not even know really who to show the content to yet. So I'm just going to let them sit because, you know, I have faith in these videos. I think that I made them to the best of my ability right now. Um, the title's okay. The thumbnail's okay. So I'm just going to move forward, right? And then just focus on that next content. Work on that 100 crappy videos. Focusing on that um, is going to is is going to um, help you make that better decision down the road when it comes to your title. Because by the time you get to that hundredth video, you should have a lot more information um, about your channel, the videos that you put out that people respond to more than others, and that kind of stuff. And another thing that another quick tip I want to give you as well is if you're just starting your channel and you are wanting to go full time, and I know this is going to sound like you're rushing things, but trust me on this. If you are just starting your YouTube channel, I really recommend that you start thinking of if you're wanting to go full time, like you are here in this case, um, I really recommend that you start thinking of monetization now. Um, go ahead and get a merch together. Like, you know, you see I'm wearing a Spreadshop uh, merch today. Um, and I have Spreadshop, you know, LinkedIn, you know, underneath my videos and all that good stuff. Like, um, just go ahead and, and like, even if you don't have the merch shelf, you can still have a link to your merch. So like that sort of thing, um, depending on the type of content, you're on gaming content. So you may or may not do an email list depending on how your brain works from a marketing perspective. Um, but if you can think of how you would monetize uh, that email list, um, then in that case, you know, driving people into an email list for tips and tricks, tricks about Apex Legend, that kind of stuff is also something that'd be advantageous or SMS pushes depending on, you know, what it is that you are, um, depending on what it is that you're doing. Uh, let's see here. Next up on the list, we've got um, how different is it to create content on Facebook gaming than on YouTube gaming? I have no idea. I'm not on Facebook gaming, um, so I'm not sure. Uh, let's see here. Wash hands. Yep. Yep. Keep your hands clean, folks. Uh, let's see here as we, so if you have a question for me, make sure you put a cue in front of that question. You can go ahead and drop that question now. Um, and I will pull some out of the, um, I'll pull some chat out of here as well. Okay. So I'm going to, Hey, um, freaking awesome. Yeah, we're definitely, we're not doing any sub for sub stuff here. Um, that does not work to anybody's advantage. Um, when you sub for sub, you actually can destroy channels that way. Um, so you do not want to do that. Plus that's against the YouTube terms of service. I think you were joking, <laughs> but I'm just saying in case anybody took that out of context, um, you definitely do not want to do any type of sub, um, you know, sub related activity. You can lose your channel over, you can lose your channel over it um, because YouTube looks at that as spam. 
Um, let's see here. Um, can you do a video about merch and suggestions on how new channels can go about doing it? Absolutely. Um, I have one on the way. So basically I made a video about different ways that you can make money. And in that particular video, I mentioned that, you know, if you want to learn more about merch, let me know in the comments and I'll make a step-by-step -step video and I'm, I'm going to make that video. Um, so that video will be coming up here within the next few weeks on, um, on how to create a merch store step-by-step. -step. And there'll also be some like best practice stuff in there, um, as well. So um, Dylan591 says, I just recently unlocked polls for live chat. Any tips on features YouTube gives your access to like Applaud? Um, so on Applaud, that's an experimental beta thing right now. So not everybody has it. Um, but when you up, uh, when you unlock um, like live chat polls and, and things like that, um, just, you know, use the stuff that they give you and just make sure that you use it um, in ways that is a good fit for, you know, in ways that's a good fit for your audience. So for example, what he means by here, is I'm gonna just drop this poll in here right now. Um, let's see here. How um, how much do you learn uh, during this stream? And we're just gonna do this. Hardly anything, and a ton. And then here would prefer not to answer. <laughs> so I'm going to drop that in here really quick. Um, and this is the example of, uh, of what they're, of what they're talking about there. So you can see right up here at the very top, um, of the chat where it has the poll. Um, and then I just put just for fun, how much you learn here during this, uh, during this live stream, but I'm actually, I'm actually going to change that, um, as a matter of fact, and, uh, and we are going to change that to, okay. It looks like we got to prefer not to answer. That's good. Hardly anything at 7%, 90% on the, a ton. So, okay. That makes me feel good. That 7% makes me a little nervous. So that, so that one's okay, but it's great because it's anonymous. Actually, I can see all the channels that are answering here. So that's a, that's a bonus. So all you hardly anything's I actually get, to, oh my gosh. Wow. I'm surprised you said hardly anything. No, I'm just kidding. I can't see, I can't see the people that, uh, that, that, that did the poll. <laughs> all right. So, uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, um, we have, um, any advice on growing a meditation channel? Yeah. Um, as somebody who meditates, um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to give you, um, some information here. So one thing that I would make sure that you consider is just the things that people do when they meditate. So, you know, typically, um, you know, people will meditate for certain time limits. So, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, uh, 45 minutes. So I'd make content based around all of those things. I would do some that's just meditation music. I would do some that's guided meditation, figure out which ones your audience responds to most. If they respond to guided most, then double down on guided meditation. If they respond to just music better, then I would double down on that. If they respond to just your tips and just you, you know, going through it with them, not guided, but, you know, just sharing, you know, just general information about meditation. If that's what they respond to most then start doing that. Um, but basically experiment with the different types. But if you are doing guided or you're doing music um, to where you're you know, taking them through the meditation, then I would be very specific about the, the times. And I would also make sure that you have playlists on your YouTube channel um, for each time. So, uh, so, you know, I'd do five minutes, 10 minutes, uh, you know, 20 minutes, uh, 40, 30 minutes, 45 um, in an hour, um, just so you can get that core group out of the way. And then if you start having people request longer, um, then of course, start doing longer um, in order to, uh, you know, in order to tap into, you know, everybody, um, uh, that meditates, or you could be a specialist and say, Hey, I'm just making, you know, 10 minute meditation videos. And then you'll become the go-to spot for the people that enjoy your content that just do 10 minute sessions. Um, or at least when they do 10 minute sessions, they'll come to you for it. 
Um, how do you monetize food reviews? Um, great question. So one, you can monetize with ads. Two, you can monetize with doing uh, like recipe books based on, you know, um, the stuff that you find that you enjoy figuring out how to make it. And then like, let's say that you do a review of a Starbucks, Starbucks um, uh, marshmallow cookie. And you're like, wow, this is fantastic. Then, um, you know, you could put together a rep, rep recipe book of your favorite, uh, of, the, of the community's favorite videos, the ones they respond to the most on, you know, how to actually make all of those different things. You could sell that. Um, in addition to that, you could do um, like a crowdfunding thing on like Patreon or through channel memberships. Once you get to the membership level, if you're not there already um, to where you could actually have that as a thing to where it's like, hey, you get to, uh, you know, as a, as a $5 a month channel member, um, you get to actually help me decide what it is I'm going to re review next, that type of thing. So you get people involved that way. Um, other things that you can do is if you put any sauce or um, uh, spreads or anything like any rubs, whatever it is on the food that you're eating, then of course you could um, uh, link out to that stuff via Amazon as an affiliate um, to them or directly to the companies as an affiliate. Um, uh, if you are doing anything, because you're on food reviews, I don't know if you're making it and then reviewing it or if you're just like going and getting food and eating it and reviewing it that way. But if you're doing anything where you're making it, um, then in that case, that really opens you up because then you can get into like merch in terms of, you know, like like oven mitts and, and aprons and, you know, that kind of stuff as well. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of ways, um, as you can hear, just by working through this right now um, in order to monetize that. If you're making it, it's a lot easier than if you're just reviewing it. Um, but if you are reviewing it, other things that you could also do. Um, is I would try to look for any type of like gift card affiliate program. So if you are, um, if you're promoting, um, let's say like a Starbucks or something like that, if you can find, I don't even know if they have a Starbucks uh, gift card affiliate program, but if you can find um, anybody that does have something like that for any of the food that you're reviewing, then for any of the food reviews that you do that have that sort of, uh, you know, that, that you can link out to a gift card of some kind, um, then, you know, that could be the thing that you, um, that you, uh, you know, promote as an affiliate that way too. Um, so I would start, you know, with that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see here. I just unlocked polls, live chat. Any tips on features YouTube gives you access to? Okay. Yeah, we already did that one. Um, let's see here. Oh, you know, one more poll I'm going to do here. Um, just out of curiosity, this is going to help me also. Um, how many subscribers do you have? I'm going to do another poll here really quick. And this poll is going to be under 1000. Yeah, this one is just going to um, be to 10,000. And then we're going to do 10,000 to 100,000. And then we are going to do 100,000 plus. And we're just going to drop this poll in here too, just so we can see uh, see what's going on here You know, with you guys. Um, as well in terms of your, you know, like where you're at um, on your YouTube journey. That, that'll help me cater my information to you better um, by, you know, having that type of information. So uh, let's see here. As we keep on going down the list here, I'm going to hop into the um, form here really quick and we're going to answer another one and then we're going to hop back into the chat. So um, when I ask for your question, just make sure you put a cue in front of it before you ask. So I know it's for me and not a side conversation that you're having in the chat. Um, it just helps me identify things easier. Um, but for right now, um, this question here is coming from the form. And then I'm going to ask you to drop your uh, questions as I am finishing this. So um, Marcus says, how are you creating those polls? Um, this is inside of YouTube. Um, it's just right down here at the bottom of the live chat. So you have the icon there for the emoji. And then right to the right of that, you see the thing for the um, polls in the live chat. So right now it looks like... Uh, 
60 percent uh almost uh 59 percent under a thousand a thousand to ten thousand we're at 29 percent um ten thousand to a hundred thousand we're at eight percent and a hundred thousand plus we are at five percent nice looking good okay so as we keep on going down this list we got in six games in six games says they upload when they have time the type of channel is a weirdly personal video game reviews and the goal of the channel is to reach people who, um who feel like i do about games that's fantastic youtube's great for that um the question is i'm having trouble deciding on a new channel name any advice would be amazing any common mistakes to avoid or obvious solutions i can think of so the very first thing you want to do because we talked about the channel names earlier go to youtube search type in nick nimmin um channel name uh, Nick Nimmin channel name or Nick Nimmin how to name your YouTube channel. Um, and there's going to be a video that pops up with like resources in there because I give like website references to where you can check to make sure that your domain name is available to make sure your name's available across social media and things like that. Um, so go check out that video because in addition to giving you tips, it's also going to share with you some free resources that you can use to make sure that you can get that name secured, um, you know, any like all over the internet. Um, let's see here. So one thing that I want to just remind you of, um, if you just are joining the stream right now, is I want to let you know that, um, this, uh, show Nimmin live is now available to listen to an audio format. So, um, it's a delay. So basically I'm letting them out a week after the actual live stream itself, but, um, these are going to be available for replay at least for the temporary future. Um, I'm just going to see if it has an impact at all, you know, with, um, with, you know, people showing up here, if it's like a huge impact and everybody's just like, Hey, I'm just going to listen later with <laughs> headphones on iTunes. Um, then I'll probably stop doing it. But you know, if people are like, Hey, this is cool. I can listen to it here, listen to it there, all that good stuff. Um, then, uh, then I'll keep going. But basically with, um, with that, if you just look for, um, Nimmin live um, then it's going to pop up a little page and that little page is going to show you where you can listen to it on your favorite podcasting platform. Right now, I'm still waiting for approval. I think I haven't double checked it today, but I think I'm still waiting for approval from Spotify and a few others, but I'm already in um, Google podcasts and Apple podcasts. Um, so, uh, so we are there for those. So really quick, tiny orchard quilts hit, um, 25,000 yesterday. Nice work to you. High five and fist bump for crossing 25,000 subscribers here on YouTube. Love it. Love it. I love seeing people making gains. I love seeing people making progress. I love seeing people come in, uh, you know, with the numbers um, that they're getting from, from what it is that they're doing. Fantastic. Absolutely love it. Um, so the poll here, I'll, I'll show you guys. Um, do, do you, do you want to see how to do the, how to do the poll? I'll show you this uh, really quick here. I can just share the screen. Um, <laughs> so right down here, I'm going to have to take this off, um, but you'll see right here on my screen. I don't think I can do my plug-in. Yeah, I can't. Um, but you'll see right here, this is the normal chat. Down here in the very bottom, um, which if you have the player, you're not going to see this. Um, but down here in the very bottom, you have the emojis. And then right next to that, you have this little poll icon. And I just click right into that. And that allows me to, uh, that allows me to pull the poll up. So that is how I am doing that. Okay, so um, as we keep on moving, um, did I answer the one out of chat? No, I didn't. Okay, so Dave and Diane throwing caution to the wind is this next question here. They've been on YouTube for less than a year. Um, the type of channel is full-time RVing, and the goal of the channel is fun mainly and to share info. The question, is there an average growth rate for a channel? Probably not. Um, it has taken me six months to reach 500 subs and one video per week uploaded. So you're doing fine. Um, so of course I'm sure there's things, if we were to look at your channel that you can do to, you know, accelerate, you know, the, the growth, but at the end of the day, if, um, in terms of like, you know, average or normal doesn't exist. So 
I mean, of course, averages would exist, um, you know, but YouTube would have that information. I don't. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, like, a, you know, an average growth rate, it's all there's so many different variables, you know, your content choices are going to make the difference. Um, you know, how you actually put your content together is going to make a difference. The niche that you're in is going to make a difference. The, um, the, the, um, the presentation that you have when you're actually putting your content together, like if you're on camera, how people are resonating with you is going to make a difference. Um, you know, how things look and sound can make a difference. Um, you know, th there's just so many different variables involved. Um, so there isn't really like a, you know, Hey, you know, you should be getting X amount of views every single day or every single week type of thing, because there's, it's just so broad, um, just through all the different types of content on YouTube. Oh, uh, let's see here. Please give me a, uh, advice on how to pick a niche because my channel looks like a trash bin full of mixed videos. So since we have here, um, a majority of people, 62% of the people that have taken this poll so far, um, are under a thousand subscribers. Um, so how many, how many people here just don't know yet? Like I, I have no idea what, what niche it is that I'm going to be making my content in. If that's you, um, just let me know in the chat, just give me a yes. Um, so I know that it's you. Um, but basically when you are trying to come up with a niche, it's really important to consider a few things. The very first thing, is that YouTube and making videos, um, like if you're wanting to be a YouTuber um, or you're wanting to be a YouTuber as a hobby, um, putting out content on a regular basis is really important. And that regular basis can be monthly, it can be weekly, it can be several times a week, you know, whatever it is that your cadence is, um, you still are gonna need to do it for, uh, uh, you're still gonna need to do it consistently for an extended period of time. So because of that, when it comes to figuring out your niche, it's really important to make sure that you're thinking to yourself, okay, if I'm going to be making content about this for a long period of time, I'm not going to go into a niche just because I think that niche might be popular or I'm not going to go into that niche just because, you know, I think it looks cool or like whatever. I'm going to make content about stuff that I really like. And the reason I'm going to make content about stuff that I really like and that I'm really into is because I'm going to be making a lot of content about it. People are going to know me for making that type of content, which means I'm going to have a lot of conversations about that thing um, and, and all of that. Like I'm going to get known around the type of content that I make. So I need to make sure that I'm making content around something that I really enjoy because I'm going to keep doing it for, you know, quite some time. And if you don't do that, then you're going to get content out there and you're going to start getting some momentum and you're going to hit this threshold where you're going to be like, you know, I should have done something else because I'm just not happy, you know, doing this or whatever. And I've seen tons of content creators, you know, go through that and end up quitting YouTube and all of that because they just made content for something that they thought that they should do versus something that they really enjoy. Um, so I would focus on, on figuring out what you really enjoy. Now, how do you figure that out? So one thing to think about is you want to think about, um, one, anytime you open up a website or if you open up YouTube, what type of content are you watching all the time? Not sometimes, all the time to where, you know, like when some of your favorite creators upload content there, you're like, oh, sweet. I've been waiting for them to make another video. Bam, you go in and watch it. And you also want to make sure that you're watching the content for the content, not just the creator, because sometimes you're just watching because the creator. Um, but in addition to that, you also want to think about like when you're talking to your friends or your family um, and you're just talking, we'll just say your friends, but let's just say you're talking um, to your friends about, you know, whatever, like what are the things that you're always talking about when you talk about them, they give you energy and you get excited to talk about it. Those are things that you're legitimately interested in. So you should make content around those types of things. Um, you know, when you're at a bookstore or you're at the grocery store and you're at the magazine rack or whatever, like when you're looking around at magazines, like which ones stop you and which ones make you pick them up and which ones are you always looking at because you're interested in that topic. 
Same thing with the books that you're reading. Are you reading a bunch of self-help books? Are you reading a bunch of cooking books? Are you reading a bunch of crafting books? Are you reading a bunch of, you know, books based on, you know, a bunch of other things like history books, whatever. Like, what is it that you are consuming a lot of? Because those are the types of things that you're interested in. And you should be making content around those things that you're interested in. Okay. So that's what, that's what you want to go for. Um, another thing to keep in mind with that as well is let's say that you are that person to where everybody in your life is like, oh, you know, this person is, you know, old, you know, uh, uh, Ku, uh, Kuya, I hope I'm saying that right, Kuya, um, you know, Kuya, you know, oh yeah, you know, anytime I have any tech questions, I always hit up Kuya because they know, um, and you also just love tech and love talking about tech, then maybe you should do tech. Um, if your stuff is like, people are like, oh, hey, you know, anytime I start talking about, you know, um, and I'll just use history again. Anytime I start talking about, you know, this part of history, um, Kuya always comes in and like corrects me and fixes me. And then we end up having to talk about history for the next three hours because, you know, Kuya is so excited about history. Then that means that, you know, that's probably something that you're into. So that would be another thing to explore when it comes to, uh, you know, considering the content to make. Uh, let's see here. As we keep going down the list, we got um, Dr. Non-Skills. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it there. Thank you for the super sticker, I should say. Um, let's see here. As we keep on going, it says, hey, Nick, Control reported my live stream a while back. and It was flagged for review now. I don't know what to do because YouTube disabled my live streaming. Um, so if somebody just, if like one person reports it, then it shouldn't really be a, a big deal um, in terms of YouTube, you know, taking it down. That typically will happen when um, like their AI that like will identify something that's happened in your video. It could be like copyright music or, you know, you could be showing something like what happened to me on Facebook the other day in our members only stream um, to where you could be showing something on your screen and, you know, in their systems like, hey, this is not something that we want on YouTube. And then they shut your stream down for that. Um, but like one report um, shouldn't uh, shouldn't cause your shouldn't cause your stream to go down you to use lose live streaming privileges there's usually something else attached to that um let's see here tube spanner in the house danielle what is going on hope that you're doing great says so many creators Super gain um, um gain go on to become huge by applying the methods nick is explaining um take notes this stuff is gold absolutely take notes on all of this like as we're going through all of this information, you know, taking notes and just thinking like anything that resonates with you, like write it down, right? Take a note um, just so that you can it, take a note and put a timestamp next to it. So if you want to, you know, come back and be like, hey, you know, this is where he talked about that thing so that I can make sure that, you know, the context is the way that I'm thinking and all that, like after the stream, um, then you can do that uh, as well. Uh, let's see here in the timestamp, by the way, right now is an hour and 38. So just as a heads up there in case you are looking for that timestamp. So um, City Geek says, what is considered a bad CTR? I make educational videos about cities and only one of my videos is ranking in search. Thanks for all of your help. Okay, so a couple things I want you to think about. One is that search traffic is very powerful and you should consider that depending on the type of content that you publish. Um, however, um, when it comes to overall discovery on YouTube, it's important to remember that the majority of views on YouTube comes from YouTube showing your content on home pages and just recommending it next to other content. So, you know, everybody that's only targeting search, remember search, you know, is extremely powerful. You can get a ton of traffic from search. Um, I've got some, you know, videos that have done exceptionally well in search. And, uh, you know, like I'm always a fan for YouTube search. Um, however, you know, keep in mind that when you're making content for search, you also need to consider, okay, I'm optimizing this for search. However, I also need to make sure that it's compelling to where if somebody was not expecting to see this content, it's still compelling enough for them to want to click on it and watch it too. So then that way you're optimizing for search and you're optimizing for overall discovery. And that's also going to help you in search as well. Because then if you can, you know, 
um, you know, you target it properly in search and you optimize it for search in terms of your keywords and all that good stuff. Um, and then you also um, make it as compelling as you possibly can. So it's interesting from the outside, then that's also going to help you in search because then you've made it, you know, that much more compelling so that people will click on it more elsewhere. So then that way, the people that are looking for it specifically, how do I find this, you know, piece of content that this person made, <laughs> then when they're, you know, when they're looking for that in search, um, then, uh, you know, their likelihood of clicking on that and enjoying that content is going to be uh, higher. Um, but in terms of um, your CTR um, on YouTube, um, on the um, entire platform, um, they say um, that between two and 10% um, is the average on the platform, but they don't give us any impression, any information about impressions. So because of that, um, we don't have any real information on your click through rate. They also don't tell us um, if that that two and 10%, they don't tell us if that's like average. They don't tell us if it's from specific sources. I'm going to guess that it's average, but the problem with your, with your click through rate, when it comes to averaging is if you go and you look in your traffic sources, you can find out that, Hey, maybe tons of people are clicking on it from your channel page, but then they're not clicking on it from search or they're not clicking on it from browse or they're not clicking on it from suggested. And therefore your, your click through rate is kind of artificially inflated because then the only people that are really responding to that are already in, are involved in your channel anyway. And they're actually finding it from your channel page. So, you know, because of that, it's important to make sure that you're looking at the number averaged, but also look at it from the specific traffic sources as well to make sure that it's performing as good as the, as you would like it to, um, in, in, uh, and you know, for the source that you're targeting. As we keep on going on the thing, I like saying that as we keep on going, uh, Manchester tech guy says Super I hit 4,000 hours of watch time. Um, Mark, thanks to the advice of Nick and others like him slowly, um, chugging away at the subscriber count, chipping away at the subscriber count. Just wanted to say a huge thank you to Nick for providing gold for free. High five and fist bump to you for getting that 4,000 hours of watch time and your 1,000 subscribers. If you've hit that as well. And thank you for the kind words in the super chat as well. Much appreciated. Thank you. Love seeing these gains. Like, I love seeing this kind of stuff. Like, you know, people will ask me like, hey, Nick, why do you spend three hours live streaming every Saturday? <laughs> like this right here, like this, this right here. This is why I spend three hours live streaming every, every Saturday. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got, um, as we keep on going down the list, as many as you can get. Um, let's see here, a new YouTuber. Um, what is a good goal? 10 subs, 100 subs, or 1,000 subs? Um, so as a new YouTuber, your, uh, in my opinion, your goal should not be based on 10 subscribers, 100 subscribers, or 1,000 subscribers. Your goal should be based on how long you're able to keep people watching your videos um, in terms of total watch time, um, you know, minutes watched. And you should also be focused on how good you are at getting people to click on your thumbnails. That is reflected through your click-through rate um, compared to the impressions that YouTube is giving you. Those are the things that you should focus on, not your subscriber count, especially if you're just getting started. So when it comes to when it comes to the thing that matters on YouTube, it's the content. Like when you are, when you're focused on like, you know, hey, I want to get 10 subscribers or I need to get 100 subscribers. Like I get it in terms of like, hey, I want to get 1,000 subscribers and I want to get 4,000 hours of watch time so I can start getting ad revenue. I totally understand that. So, you know, chasing that 1,000 is great. However, the only thing that's going to get you to that 1,000 subscriber milestone is having content that people enjoy, at least to a standard that YouTube deems it as, you know, worthy to show people on a regular basis on the platform. So because of that, instead of thinking to yourself, you know, what's a good goal, 10 subs, 100 subs, or any subs, think to yourself, okay, my win here is going to be learning how to make content that people really enjoy. 
and making that type of content over and over again for that audience. And if I can do that and I can learn how to make that content and I can learn how to get people to click on that content, I'm never going to have to even worry about subscribers. I'm not going to have to worry about views because I'm going to know that I make content that's good enough for people to enjoy it. And therefore, since people enjoy it, YouTube is going to show it to people on the platform. So that's the that's the mindset that you want to have when it comes to YouTube. Instead of focusing on, you know, hey, 10 subscribers, focus on, hey, my last video, I got people to watch for two minutes. Now I'm going to try to get people to watch for three minutes. And I'm going to study my audience retention reports. I'm going to experiment a ton. And I'm going to learn how to keep people watching my videos for a longer period of time. And overall, not just how to keep watching for a longer period of time, but just how to give them a great experience. How to, you know, make people, when they watch my videos, when somebody watches my videos, I want them to leave thinking like, wow, I got a ton of, I got a ton of value out of that. Right. I get, you know, in, in your case, I'm not sure what type of content that you make, Matthew. Um, but you, you know, if you're doing entertainment content and it's like, Hey, I, you know, you want people to leave thinking like, wow, that was, that was awesome. Right. I love that video. It was great. I want to share this with somebody. If you're teaching people how to do stuff, then you want it to be, you know, Hey, I, you know, when they leave your video, you want it to be like, wow, I, I, you know, they, I, I got tons of value out of this. Right. So so, you know, focus on those types of things. And those are the things like views and subscribers are an effect of making good content, right? Making good content, and learning how to get people to click on it. So those are kind of like reward side effects that happen when you focus on making good content for people. Uh, let's see here. So as we keep on going down the list, um, D Lion says, any advice Super for non-English and foreign channels that's just about to start this journey? Absolutely. So if you've never done anything on YouTube before, um, depending on how heavy your accent is, um, I would recommend that you focus on um, serving your local audience first. So you can learn all the, you know, intricacies of YouTube and how to get your local community to respond to what it is that you're doing. Then once you learn how to do that, then try to tackle the English market on a separate channel. Um, I, I do not mix the languages on your one channel. Um, I recommend that you do, if you end up, you know, doing one language or the other, then just focus that on one channel. But if you're going to do both languages, do not put it on one channel. So make sure that you're keeping that in mind, uh, when it comes to your content and also make sure that, you know, like if, if you're, if you're ax, you can, you can do great on YouTube. If you have an accent, you're going after the English market, that's fine. Um, but just make sure that when you are looking at your stats and things like that, that you are keeping in mind that there are going to be some people in your, when you're going after the English market, that when they land on your video, if you make content similar to another content creator that speaks their native language, when they land on your video, if they don't click with you right away, just the accent by itself for some people, not everybody, but for some people that will cause them to jump and just go find, you know, other content from somebody that speaks their native language. So when you're looking at your stats, just keep that in mind that, you know, sometime it might not be that, you know, that, uh, you know, the people that are watching your content thinks your videos suck. It could just be, if you notice in your retention, like big drops, you know, and things like that, it could just be that, you know, the, the, some of the people that are, that are seeing that video are just not responding to it, um, in the way that you would want, just because there's tons of other content like that in their native language, which is easier to watch. Um, so, you know, to keep those types of things in mind, but keep in mind, like we've got, um, I, I phoned he, you know, does great, has a, has a, you know, very strong accent. Um, we have, um, I, I went through this with somebody just the other day. Um, we have him. Uh, we have uh, Peter Lindgren. He's also amazing, but he also has, you know, a, a strong accent, but people really love his content as well. Tons of people out there. My friend um, uh, Alex over at e for electric um, he, he's, he doesn't have a strong accent, but he's got a strong, but he has an accent, um, but people, you know, love his stuff as well. Um, so, you know, just keep those types of things in mind, um, you know, when you are, you know, getting going.
Not sure what the name says, but... Welcome to the Nimenati. So go to nimenvip.com. That's going to redirect you um, to our members-only Facebook group. Make sure you fill out all the information on the way in because that's how I verify you're a member. If somebody does not fill out that information, then I just delete it You know, as soon as I see it. So uh, because of that, just make sure that you fill out all the information on the way in. Uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, I'm going to jump into the form for this one, and then we'll come back here into the um, into the actual chat. Do I see Mike Phillips in here? I do. What's up, Mike? Hope you're doing great, man. Mike says that uh, Mike says that uh, uh, Alex has a good accent. He does. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, it's just you know a little bit off from you know from a from a native uh, English speaker targeting the uh, English market. Um, but he's you know he's he's definitely easy to understand. Uh, let's see. So next up on our list here, we have, uh, Rav plays Rav plays says they upload when they have time. Um, they make gaming content. The goal of the channel is to be monetized in YouTube and help my family and income. And I want to upload videos to entertain people. Question. Every time I get a new subscriber, like 10 or more per day, my subscribers would always decrease. I was worried about what was happening in my channel because this situation didn't happen before. So keep in mind, people unsubscribe on YouTube for just tons of different reasons. Um, and because of that, as your subscriber count grows, you're also going to have people leave. So what you want to pay attention to is you want to pay attention to videos that generate subscribers and you want to pay attention to videos that cause subscribers to leave. Um, and if you notice a pattern of, hey, anytime I make content like this and people leave, then you have to make sure that that content serves another purpose than generating subscribers. <laughs> or if it doesn't, then you have to make sure that uh, that you you know make less of that content and more of the content that generates subscribers if the goal of the channel is subscriber gain. Um, but just keep in mind, like on my channel, since I started this, I started in September of 2014, been doing this for a long time. Um, during that time, I've lost over 250,000 subscribers um, on my YouTube channel. So, you know, um, just keep in mind that, you know, it's a normal thing. Um, of course, I have a high churn on mine um, as well, just because a lot of people start YouTube and then they, you know, realize there's work involved and then they quit. Um, but you know, within that, you know, it's still, uh, Hey, what's up ASMR dream more. Um, but within that, um, uh, you know, I've lost a, I've lost a ton of subscribers. Um, so let's see here as we keep on going down the list, we got that one. So if you have a question, now's a great time to drop it in the chat. Make sure you put a Q, um, in front of that, uh, make sure you put a Q in front of that question. So it looks like through the poll here, we're at 360 votes under 1,000 subscribers, 62, um, 1,000 to 10,000, we're at 27%, um, 1,000 or 10,000 to 100,000 is 7%, and um, 10,000 or 100,000 plus is 4%. Nice, nice, love it. So uh, let's see here as we keep on trucking here. Um, how to get views from the beginning. Wanting to start a channel to promote blacksmithing business that I'm starting. Um, so a really easy, low-hanging fruit at the beginning of your YouTube journey to get, start getting views um, right away is to uh, make videos that are search targeted. So as long as your content type supports it, um, which I'm guessing that if you're doing blacksmithing stuff, it will. As long as your content type supports it, then targeting terms um, in search that people are actively looking for is really advantageous. So the tool that I'm always talking about, TubeBuddy, um, I actually pull up the thing here so you can just see what it what it looks like. But the tool that I'm always talking about here with TubeBuddy, um, up there in the on the left right there, um, with that, that's actually, that will help you uncover things that people are looking for um, around the type of content that you make. Um, you can also do things like go to YouTube search and start typing in like blacksmithing, for example. Um, and then YouTube is going to auto-complete things that people are looking for around blacksmithing. So that's going to help you be able to 
It's going to help you be able to make content around things that people who are interested in blacksmithing are looking for. So those are the types of things that you want to make sure that you are uh, that, that you're thinking about um, when you're starting the YouTube channel. Um, but basically, when you are getting started, you want to think about a handful of things. One, go and look at all of the other videos or all the other channels that you think are going to be somewhat similar to yours that you're going to be competing with. Go to their videos page. And I'll actually show you here. Um, if we were to go to, um, hold on really quick. I'm just going to open up YouTube and then I'm going to, uh, blissful Zen ASMR. Glad that you are enjoying the content. Thank you for the kind words. Let's see here. Did I spell it wrong? Oh, I forgot to put a com in there. I was like, man, it's, it's coming up blank. Did I spell YouTube wrong? Like what's wrong with me? <laughs> I forgot the, I forgot the, uh, the C on the, on the com. Okay. So let's see here. So if we were to, um, I, you know, let's just, let's just do this. Um, and real, let's do this. Do, 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 do. So, um, if we just do this in real time, oops, that's the wrong one. Let me delete this one. And then we will do another stream. So if you are watching this or listening to this, um, I do want to let you know, basically what I'm doing right now is I'm just pulling up another YouTube channel. Um, if you happen to, if you want, if you're listening to this through the podcast and you want to see what I'm talking about here, um, right now we're at the timestamp of an hour and 52 minutes. Um, so that's where you're going to find the information that I'm getting ready to share with you in the audio version of, uh, of this show. So, um, basically if I go up here to the top, um, to YouTube search and I top in, type in, um, blacksmithing. And I see here blacksmithing for beginners, blacksmithing sword, knives, projects, basics, and so on. So one of the things that you want to think about if you're trying to drive awareness to your business is I'm guessing that your business is selling stuff for blacksmithers. So one thing to make sure that you're considering here is if you're selling stuff for blacksmithers, the people that are just getting started with blacksmithing are probably going to be the people that are going to need the most stuff <laughs> when it comes to blacksmithing. So making a bunch of blacksmithing content around beginners or at least a series of content for beginners um, would be advantageous for you. So right out of the gate, um, these are just some things, some ideas that you can see that people are looking for. Blacksmithing basics, blacks blacksmithing for beginners, blacksmithing swords, knives, all that good stuff. Um, but another thing you can do here is if we go to, if we just hit space and then I click a then I see axe katana anvil you'd see all the specific things people are, are looking for if I do the same thing with B backspace C D anyway as we keep going through this list then you get tons of ideas around things that people are looking for so what I would do um, if I was starting a blacksmithing channel where you're trying to drive revenue for your business is I would just look for things like if you have a specific thing that you're selling or if you're selling everything around blacksmithing then in that case I would think okay what exactly is it that I'm trying to bring attention to um, you know is it a store that to where you know you can bring people in or whatever but make sure that you're linking to that in proper places and um, in terms of your description make sure that you're linking to it in your in your channel art um, because you want people to go to the store um, but also when it comes to the content that's going to be the thing that's going to be the core of spreading awareness about it so because of that um you want to like if i was selling everything about blacksmithing or just you know stuff related to blacksmithing um i would make a, a beginner series and I would make that beginner series based around very common things that people are looking for when it comes to blacksmithing so that your company can be the solution for those people that are having those problems. So if we were to do like blacksmithing, um, hold on, how to, 
yeah, how to start blacksmithing. Um, uh, let's see here, how to increase blacksmithing in Skyrim. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure what that is. Um, let's see here, how to uh, start blacksmithing on a budget. Keep in mind, if you start making budget-related content, then you're going to bring in that budget audience. So just keep that in mind for your business. If you want to, you know, sell more, then of course, you know, if you have budget items, then this type of video would be great to make. But if you want to sell higher-end stuff, then making budget-related content, you're going to be bringing in that crowd that's looking for things on a budget versus people that are, you know, willing to spend more money. So just keep that in mind as well. Um, but you know, black, how to make blacksmithing tools, you know, you get to see all this information on things that people are thinking about, but what you want to think about since you're just starting the channel is think in series. So when you are putting your content together and, and really quick, I'm just going to do, um, blacksmithing for beginners for fun here. And we're going to see what pops up. But one thing you want to think about though, is you want to think about, okay, when, um, uh, when, uh, when you are putting out content, um, instead of thinking of your videos as one video, think of your videos as a series. And what I mean by that is if you're going to do like blacksmithing for beginners, um, as an example, then you would want to think, okay, when people are first getting started, what type of things are they searching for around blacksmithing? And I'm going to make an entire blacksmithing um, for beginners playlist. So in that blacksmithing for beginners playlist, I'm going to have like five to 10 videos that are specifically for beginners. Um, so that that way, if somebody is watching one of the videos, because I'm not just thinking one video anymore, hey, this is the video I'm going to publish. I'm thinking I'm working in a series for everything that I'm doing. So because of that, you want to think, okay, um, let's say it's a five video series that you're going to take people through. Think of um, and do research like I'm showing you right here of, you know, hey, these are the things that people are actually looking for when they're first getting started with blacksmithing. So because of that, these are the these are the five um, you know videos that I'm going to make. And I'm going to directly or I'm going to make sure that in the description of each one of these that I have a link going to a playlist of all of these beginner videos as well. And then I'm also linking in the end screen once I publish the second video. Um, but you can also do this in a playlist on the first as well. But um, you want to think that you're linking to that playlist in your end screens also so that as people are watching one video, it's easy for them to hop over to the next one so that you're creating that relationship between the content so that you're helping that content also possibly come up in the next up spot for people that are not in that playlist but are interacting with that content as well. Um, another thing you want to make sure that you're doing is also, and I love the fact that when I start talking about like serious YouTube stuff, like we have a drop in viewership and this is like some of the most important stuff like for people to know, but people are like, eh, out of here. But uh, um, another thing to um, also make sure that you are keeping in mind with this um, as well is that inside of your playlist settings, you're going to have the option to mark the, the series as a playlist um, or mark the playlist as a series. I'm sorry. So since you're marking that playlist as a series, then um, what YouTube tells us in the YouTube Creator Academy, which you need to go through, especially if you're using this for business. Um, but what, what that does is that helps YouTube know that all the videos in that um, or in that playlist are directly related to each other in some way. And by doing that, you're helping YouTube recommend the other videos in that series next to the other videos in that series when people are watching them. So, uh, so you wanna make sure that you do that as well. Um, but at the end of the day, the very first core thing that you gotta think of is how can I put my content together in the most simple way that makes it easy for people to flow through the content? I'm not trying to hit them with like logos and these big long intros and all this stuff. I'm trying to get into the content because that's what they're gonna be clicking on your videos for. So try not to waste their time. Try to make it easy for them to find more of your content through playlists. Also make sure that you are linking, you know, those playlists in your descriptions, in screens, that kind of stuff as well. Um, so that you start creating your channel as a resource for blacksmithing, but you start that um, with that core playlist that you start working on when you first start your YouTube channel. But one of the things that you also want to do is if you find people that do blacksmithing. So let's just say if Jason Knight here, 
I'm not sure if his whole channel is blacksmithing. Um, Dan, Dan Life. Okay, so it looks like he's got some. So, um, so basically what you'd want to do is you'd want to go to, um, to other channels and basically you hear, um, and, and this works for any type of content, you guys. Um, so you just go to other channels and you go to sort by most popular. And then this is going to start giving you insight into things that people who you're targeting are interested in. So here, you know, we've got, you know, how to sharpen your kitchen knife, you know, all this, all these different things around blacksmithing that people have positively responded to on his channel. Now, keep in mind that some of these things, um, you know, they might have a higher interest depending on the type of content. I'm making this general for a second. Depending on the type of content you make, some of these things, you know, might have gotten a boost because, you know, they made a video about a thing at a certain time that it was popular to where maybe now it's not as popular. So you want to make sure that any of the information that you're pulling from this sort of thing that you research it. But the idea is to go through and just over the course of, let's say, 10 to 15 channels that are successful and don't only look at the big ones. Look at the look at the big ones, but also look at, you know, channels that have like, you know, 5,000 or 10,000 subscribers that are doing great um, and look and see the content there that people are responding to. But in addition to that, when you're putting your content together, um, also look at things like, you know, how long are these people making their videos for? Um, what types of stuff are they doing in their thumbnails? What type of imagery are they focusing on their thumbnails? That sort of thing. Because I can tell you this, that if this guy's getting 430,000 views, 414,000 views, 388,000 views, and so on, that, you know, people are responding to what he's doing. So because of that, I would really analyze how he's structuring his video content, how he's putting his thumbnails together, the imagery that he's focusing on, and do this for a nice handful of channels, at least 10, um, as long as there's that many channels in the space, so that you can just start to get an understanding of what's going on on YouTube in the space that you are, uh, the space that you're trying to operate within. So hopefully, um, hopefully that was, uh, hopefully that was helpful. So uh, Mike Phillips, says um kudos from the serious Super youtubers tight. for taking the youtube serious stuff it takes planning and work so appreciate you nick thank you for that mike says um that blacksmithing question got a ton of bonus hope people took notes thank you for that mike i appreciate it thank you for the kind words so uh, i'll see here as we keep on um as we keep on going down the list here we've got i'm actually just gonna hop back into the form here and we are at 10, 11. So, yeah. So, uh, let's see. I'm going to share this out here in a minute as well to the group. See if any homies want to come in, hang out at all. So, uh, let's see here. So, next up on the list here, this one's coming from the form. And then we're going to jump back into the um, to the questions or into the chat, I mean. You know, I was wondering. I was like, where did the YouTube chat go? Covering it with my screen. That's where it went. So, uh, as we scroll down here, we got Yo Lad Mitch. Says they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to help people and get that sweet goal. Um, the question is, um, this isn't about YouTube. I need help. How to fix laptop. Okay, we covered that one already. So we're just going to skip over to the next one. And uh, now we have the Spectrum Art Academy. Spectrum Art Academy says that they do art tutorials. The goal of the channel is to help people with their art struggles. The question, after uploading your video um, and specifically it going live, if this makes a difference, is there a recommended period of time where you shouldn't go in and make amendments, changes, tags, etc.? I've heard that it can affect YouTube pushing your content. If you keep going in and changing things, thanks for all that you do. So if you make a mistake, you make an error and you need to update it, go in and update it. But what I wouldn't do is I wouldn't go in there and like change it and then just like wait a little bit and then change it again and then wait a little bit and then change it again. Like, you know, YouTube is testing your content. When you publish it, they're testing in all of the different services in front of different people and they're trying to figure out who is a good fit for that content based on how they respond to it. So every change that you make when you first publish that video, you're kind of polluting that information a little bit. So of course you can make a change if you're getting a lot of views when you first publish, 
then, you know, one little change, you'll be able to see that immediately. But if you're getting, you know, just a little bit of views coming in, then that one change, you might not even notice the difference that you've made, um, you know, positive or negative. So because of that, you know, just, just commit to what it is that you do. Say commit to a thumbnail, commit to a title, and then let it sit for, you know, uh, at least a few days. And if, you know, you're not getting any activity on it at all, then, you know, feel free to go in there and, and, and update it if you want to. But keep in mind, sometimes, when you publish a video on YouTube, it doesn't do that great. But down the road, once YouTube puts it in front of the right people and they respond to it positively, then those videos can just take off out of nowhere. So, you know, when you do go in and make those changes, you could be messing with the future of that video, trying to get the immediate gain on that video as well. So just keep, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, let's see as we keep on going down the list. Does quality affect your channel? Value affects your channel more than anything. So what you want to think about is, you know, there's plenty of YouTube content creators. I actually have a video on my channel um, where uh, there's a guy here locally um, in Thailand uh, where he basically grew his YouTube channel um, over about 10 months to 100,000 subscribers using nothing but a phone. And by using nothing but a phone, um, like his quality is good enough. And it's actually decent because he shoots most of his stuff outside. But his quality is good enough that people responded to it. So because of that, you know, he did great. So regardless of what everything looks like, as long as people can clearly see what's going on and as long as it sounds okay, um, then, you know, you can, you can do fine. Like it's all about the value and what it is that people get from your content and the experience that they have with it more than what it looks like. So one thing that I want you to think about is that Choppa, what's up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Glad to see you in here, my man. Hope that you're doing great. But like when you are, um, you know, when you are, um, you know, um, you know, and I completely lost my train of thought there when I, when I wanted to say hey to Choppa. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I lost my train of thought on that particular question. So we're just going to keep on, we're just going to keep on trucking and moving forward. All right. So uh, let's see here. I didn't share any much. I've been over four. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going down this list, looking for that question. Um, is it best to show your subscribe count or no um, is the question for this one. Um, I personally recommend that you just go ahead and show your subscriber count. And the reason for that is because usually when people are not showing their subscriber counts because they think that it's bad that they don't have a lot of subscribers. However, um, uh, people can still see your view counts, so it doesn't matter. Um, so because of that, I would still I would just go ahead and show it. Um, let's see here. Why do some shorts go viral and some don't? It's based on how people respond to those shorts. Um, let's see here as we keep on going. Hey, Doug Houston says, um, saying, Hey to Choppa. Yeah. You guys live in that Australian life over there. That's what I'm talking about. Um, let's see here. Von Sanders says tremendous value Super here. Track. Um, thanks for dropping gems. I've seen good growth on my ministry channel from your tips, putting in the work. Awesome to hear. Awesome to get that feedback that you're getting results from this high five and fist bump. And thank you for the super chat Von. there. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Mario Doodle says, can you talk about tags and keywords? Absolutely. Um, I can talk about tags and keywords all day. Um, matter of fact, I've done that. <laughs> I talk about tags and keywords all day. Um, but okay, here's the thing you need to know about tags. So according to YouTube, tags are not um, as important anymore as they used to be. Still use them since that box is there, but don't spend time obsessing over what it is that you're doing with your tags. Um, uh, you know, that's where using a tool like TubeBuddy can be beneficial because they're going to scan what you've done in your title, what you've done in your description, and they're going to give you tags based on what it is that you're doing there. And you can just click on, yeah, this is relevant. This is relevant. This is a misspelling. This is this. And you can add, you know, the things that are relevant to that video and then move on. Um, when it comes to keywords, 
totally different thing. Um, with keywords, what you're doing with a keyword is you're trying to give the system context in terms of what your video is about. And they're going to figure it out eventually anyway. But at the time of publish, you want their system to know without a question what your video is about so that it can know the right people to show your content to. So according to a podcast with a guy named Christoph, who is the head of engineering at uh, YouTube Search and Discovery, um, one of the things that he said is content creators, give us help. Give us context, use keywords in your titles so that you can give us context to what your content's about. Now, if you're making entertainment content or something like that, where your content isn't really keyword based to where you're just doing like, let's say like dude, perfect. If you're doing like a, like a, you know, like a two mile, uh, three, three, three throw shot and you're just, you know, you're dunking it from like two miles away through a cannon, then in that case, that has, it stands on its own. So you don't need a keyword. You just need to work on the compelling side of expressing that through the imagery and through the title. Um, however, when it comes to, you know, a majority of the content, um, when you use a keyword, what, what that does is that helps their system understand what the content's about. Um, and it also helps the people that are going to be interacting with that content know what it's about from the outside. So what I mean by from the outside is until somebody clicks on your video, they don't really know what's going on. So because of that, you through your thumbnail and your title, you have to tell people what your video is about. So when you add a keyword and you make sure that that keyword is as close to the front of the title as possible, you are basically tapping into their interest through that keyword. So for example, if we did something about cakes and shop is in here, if we did something about cakes, then we would want to make sure that if we're targeting people that make cakes, that we have, you know, cakes somewhere in that title, preferably as close to the front as possible so that people would know that, Hey, you know, if I'm interested in, you know, cake related things, I'm going to see this cake. Now keep in mind in his case, he would be able to get away with it just through like th a thumbnail to where that thumbnail is like, Hey, this is a cake. But then in this title, he would need to say something about, you know, what's going on with that cake because that cake could be taken in terms of, you know, Hey, I'm making this cake. I'm selling this cake. This is a cake recipe. Um, this is a cake that we're going to drop off of this building. This is a cake that we're going to, you know, throw in the face of this celebrity or whatever it is, you know, so, you know, any context that you can give, um, is the win. But when you are using keywords, like, let's say, for example, one that I like to give is like, let's say it's a MacBook and you're making a video about a MacBook. Well, let's say that your video is something along the lines of, you know, um, 10 tips and tricks that you, that new Mac users need to know about the MacBook pro. Well, in that case, that title's so long that the MacBook Pro part, the part that is going to grab the attention of somebody that has a MacBook Pro that's trying to figure out how to use it, that part is going to be cut off on a lot of places on YouTube. So because of that, um, you want to make sure that that MacBook is as close to the front of the title as possible. So people that just got a MacBook that are on YouTube trying to figure out how to use it, they can see in your title. And of course, you're going to express that in your thumbnail too, but they can see in your title and your thumbnail that that video has something to do with a MacBook, which is something that they care about, which will then cause them to click on that video, right? So that's the approach that you want to take when it comes to your keywords. Um, but just as a heads up, like in a lot of like places on Reddit and things like that, people put tons of emphasis on tags. They're like, Hey, and somebody's like, Hey, my video is not getting views. And then you'll have like 20 comments where people are like, well, what tags are you using? Hey, I bet I'm not using the right tags or you're not using the right tags. It has nothing to do with it. Uh, the thing that matters is how people click on your content and how people enjoy your content. But the thing with people clicking on your content is making sure that your content gets in front of the right people that are interested in it so that they'll click on it. That's where that context thing comes in. Um, and then also helping people identify that your content is something that they care about. And that's where using your keywords um, and your title and or your thumbnail um, are valuable on YouTube. So uh, as we keep on going, let's see here. So art 
uh, Airworthy Tours. Super chat. Says, oops, there we go. Says, um, I've been watching and learning from you since 2018. And yesterday, my channel hit the threshold for monetization. Um, this is my biggest accomplishment in life. And I want to thank you, Nick. Cheers. High five and fist bump to you. Awesome to see that you are now monetized on YouTube. So um, I'm not sure exactly the content that you're putting out. Um, but I just want to let you know, like YouTube ads is the tip of the iceberg. So, you know, YouTube ads, if you're getting crushed with views, you can make a lot of money in YouTube ads. But um, if you're not getting crushed with views, you can make good money <laughs> with YouTube ads. Um, however, you know, there's other ways that you can make a lot of money on YouTube. So, you know, if you are excited because you're monetized, just consider that there are other things that you can do for monetization as well. You just got to get creative around the type of content that you make and try to think of other ways that you can monetize it as well. But in the meantime, just making money off the ads, huge win. So congratulations to you for getting into the partner program and uh, and making that happen, putting in the work, you know, making those videos, you know, all the time, putting all that thought and effort, laying in bed at night, thinking to yourself, what's the next video that I'm going to make? Man, I wonder if people are going to like this video. I wonder if I can put this video together in a cool way. <laughs> you know, like when you're doing all that, you know, it's it's paying off. So, you know, nice work on your part. Chocolate Twist Yoga says, other than shorts, what are your opinion for best use cases for vertical videos on YouTube? Uh, stories, 15, you know, 15 seconds uh, for YouTube stories um, and YouTube shorts. Um, of course, you know, if you if you go into your YouTube stats and you notice that like everybody, like let's say that you have like a 98% mobile viewership um, and it's happening on a mobile phone and not on a tablet, um, then in that case, that's, that's like a green light to where you can essentially just start doing vertical videos on your channel. And most of the people that are watching them are going to be watching it on a mobile device anyway, and it's going to fill the screen. Um, just make sure that when you render it out, that it actually comes out as a vertical video. And then you can also repurpose that content elsewhere as well. Um, but basically everybody here inside of your YouTube stats, you can go in, you can see um, where people are watching from, how old they are and all that. But you can also see the device um, that they're watching on the most. So you'll see like computers, you'll see mobile devices um, in terms of like phones and tablets um, and that sort of thing. So when you go and you look at that, that's going to help give you context into how people are experiencing your content. So then you can start making better content decisions in terms of the format that you're putting out. You know, like if you decide to do like, you know, wide videos, like, you know, most people do on YouTube, or if you're like, hey, you know, everybody that's watching my content is watching from a vert uh, from a mobile phone. So therefore, you know, I can go ahead and just do some, you know, vertical videos if I want. And it's perfectly fine because most of the people are there. But I would still do uh, I would still do uh, horizontal thumbnails, though, because that's the that's the choice. Uh, but just make sure you're using the custom thumbnails. Um, let's see here. Wisco Ted says diversify your income. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. And we've got, should thumbnails stick out from the competition? Super yes, tracked. absolutely. They should. Yeah. So basically you want to think to yourself like, okay, the competition's doing this. So, um, if it's something that is working well for them, you want to think, how can I take what they're doing and level it up? Or how can I do something that's completely different and keep testing it until I can get that to where it's working, you know, awesomely. Um, but absolutely. You want to try to separate yourself in some way from the other people that are making content like yours. Um, let's see here. It's so hard to get more subscribers. It can be. Yeah. But, but the thing is like YouTube is hard, right? Let's have that conversation. YouTube by itself is hard. Like there's so much stuff that you have to learn. Like when you first come onto YouTube, you know, you got to learn how to, and I actually talked about this in one of the videos that I made uh, recently. Um, it's not on the channel yet, but, um, basically the, 
the thing when it comes to YouTube is like, if you come onto YouTube and you don't have any experience with all this online stuff yet, like you got to learn how to come up with video ideas on a regular basis. You got to learn how to um, actually record in a way that is, you know, that where things like look okay and they sound okay. Um, you got to learn how to just overall present your information. You got to learn how to set up your scene. You know, if you take, if you put in that effort, um, you have to learn uh, how to edit the videos themselves. You got to learn how to process your audio or at least work with your audio to identify, you know, if you have problems or whatever within your audio, you got to learn the interface of YouTube. You got to learn your YouTube analytics. You got to learn how to optimize your videos for discovery. You got like, you have so much stuff that you have to learn. It's hard. So the thing that you should not be doing if you're just getting started, which, you know, by according to this poll here at the top of the chat out of 550 votes, 66% um, of you are under a thousand subscribers. You're just getting started. The last thing you should be worried about right now is like, you know, like, oh, how, you know, how, how many subscribers do I have? How many subscribers did I generate, you know, today? You should be worried about how are people responding to my videos? Because when you start worrying about your video content, that is the thing that's going to cause people to subscribe to your YouTube channel. Worrying about subscribers is not going to cause people to subscribe to your YouTube channel. Worrying about how those people, how the people that are interacting with what it is that you're doing are, are responding to it. Worrying about that is going to cause you to make better videos, which then in turn is going to cause those videos to perform better on YouTube, which then means that those videos are going to get in front of more people and more of the right people. And those people are going to start subscribing to your YouTube channel. So at the core of everything it is that you're doing on YouTube, the video content and getting people to, learning how to get people to click on that video content, um, those two things are going to do more for you than anything else that you can possibly do on your YouTube channel. So those are the things that you really want to focus on. And of course, you can apply content strategy, all that good stuff. But like right now, if you're just getting started, focus on, on the viewer experience and getting people through your content and making something that people enjoy and that they get value from with every single piece of content that you upload. So sometimes when I'm looking through my comments, right? I'll go through comments. I'll get my right mount, my, my, my right click ready and I'll go through and I'll right click and I'll fill up my browser, you know, with a bunch of, uh, a bunch of your YouTube channels and I'll go and I'll look at your channel. Some of them I'll subscribe to comment, whatever. Um, but basically like I'll go through and I'll look at your channels and this kind of helps me just stay up to date on like things that I need to talk about based on what I see. And, um, and I'll look at some channels and I'll think to myself, like, why did this person publish this video thinking that people would respond to this? And the, the thing with that is like when you publish your content, it's really important to make sure that you're being intentional about what it is that you're putting out there and you're not just putting stuff out there like willy nilly, <laughs> so to speak, that, that you're just being intentional about what it is that you're doing and that you're thinking like if, if you're just uploading for the sake of your own archive, like, hey, this is my, you know, I took this trip to, you know, wherever, and this is just for me and from like to share to my family members. If other people watch it, that's fine. If that's your approach, not a big deal. But if you're watching my content, I'm going to guess that that's not your approach. And if you are uploading it to the internet just in general, if you're not uploading it for family and friends, but you're uploading it hoping for other people to watch it, then you have to be intentional about what you're doing. And you have to think, hey, Professor Nez in the house. What's up, dude? And you got you to be intentional about what it is that you're doing. And you got to focus on making sure that you're thinking through like, okay, I'm putting out this piece of content, but when somebody else watches this, what are they going to experience from this? What are they going to get from it? What are they going to walk away with once this video is finished? Like what type of value am I giving to these people when they are coming in and they're interacting with my content? You want to make sure that you're focused on those types of things, because if not, just like Choppa here says, you know, he says they, the days of, you know, crap posting are gone. Like, uh, you know, these days you have to be competitive um, on YouTube and you have to learn how to be competitive on YouTube in order for, you know, in order to, you know, get all of the stuff that you want out of being a YouTube content creator. Right. 
drop this in here in case anybody wants to come and hang out. Boom. Okay, so next up on our list here, um, let's see here. It says it starts 6 a.m. on Saturday. I get up on the weekend to watch this. Nice. High five, fist bump to you for waking up early just to hang out here on Nimmin Live. Love it. This is Chris. Says advice for making Super content on a new game coming out. Um, so definitely make sure that you're getting you know that game. Um, if you're not getting the game yet, then I would make some videos talking about the game, what you're expecting from the game, why you think it's good, keeping people up to date on like the deadlines of when that game's coming out, that type of stuff. Um, I would experiment with that type of content first so that as the game's coming out, um, you already have people that are interested in that game that you've already been talking to, sharing your opinions, your thoughts, your pluses, your minuses, you know, all the information that you currently know about the game um, so that you already have that dialogue going with your community. Um, and then you, uh, and then of course, as soon as it comes out, then start making the, start, you know, pushing the game. Um, if you do start making those opinion pieces and start getting people hyped up for the game, reach out to the company as well. And just be like, hey, I'm making a bunch of YouTube videos about the game. I'd love to get early access because I'm trying to, you know, just spread some awareness about your game and see if you can get some early access to the games as well. In some cases, if it's something that's going to be coming out, um, you might have to uh, you, you might have to sign a contract saying that you're not going to publish any videos ahead of time, and they'll give you a specific date and time that they'll allow you to publish. Um, it's an embargo on the uh, on on the game. So um, because of that, you know, you just want to be mindful of that sort of thing. But in terms of just talking about it, getting people hyped up, um, that's definitely something to do so that you're still in front of people that are interested in it. Um, let's see here. Looking for questions. Okay, I don't see any cues right there. So I'm going to jump into the form. And uh, let's see here. If you have a question, go ahead and drop it in there now. And then I'll just stop it here um, in the chat. But I'm going to hop into the form here while those are coming in. Um, so RBLX Aston says they upload when they have time. Um, they do gaming, mostly Roblox content. Um, the goal of the channel is to have fun and potentially get monetized. And the question is, how do you manage school or work with YouTube? This is a great question. So who here, in addition to YouTube, has, in addition to YouTube, who here um, has like a job or work or something else that you do? I'm just gonna assume everyone. Um, well, not everyone, but most people. I would say a strong majority of the people with the exception of, I've, I would start being a little bit less on that with the people with like 10,000 plus uh, subscribers on their channels. <laughs> but like uh, um, the thing is, is like when it comes to that like work life YouTube balance thing, um, you know, you just have to prioritize things. One thing that can be really advantageous is making a schedule um, and scheduling in your time to do YouTube because you have everything else is a schedule. You have the time that you wake up. Like if you have a job that you have to go to, you're probably waking up at a certain time. If you have a family to take care of, you're probably waking up at a certain time. If the family's taking care of you, if you're younger, then you're probably still waking up at a certain time. So like everything in your life, um, if you are, you know, like if you have a job or if you have a family or something, like um, everything is pretty structured and you can lock everything that you're doing for the most part into a schedule of some kind. So because of that, you just look at your YouTube channel, look over the course of your week or your month or whatever and say, okay, this is where I have some free time, right? Write down all the places um, in your in your schedule that you have some free time. Just first write out your schedule, then look for places where you have free time and then say, these are all the places that I have free time. You know, how can I be the most efficient on working on my YouTube channel during those free times? Um, and then just use that free time to, you know, to do your thing. Um, of course, keep in mind, the priority is going to shift based on what it is that you're trying to do with your YouTube channel. So if you're somebody that is trying to go full-time on YouTube, then the 
the sacrifices that you might make within your schedule might be different than somebody that's like, hey, I'm just uploading videos. If people like my stuff, cool. If they don't, that's cool too. Sure, I'd like to get views, but not a big deal. I'm just doing this as a hobby. Um, like if that's your approach, then you know the sacrifices aren't gonna be that high. You don't need to you know, cancel this so that you can make sure that you have that YouTube time, nothing like that. Um, but if you're like, hey, I'm going all in on this. I wanna turn this into something. I wanna generate money from this. I wanna be like a full-time content creator. I wanna turn this into a career of some kind. Then in that case, I recommend that you look at your Netflix time as free time and you stop watching, you know, Netflix all the time. Um, you look at some of your gaming time, some, just some of those free things that you do, you know, for right now, for the temporary sacrifice, some of those things for the process of learning how to make better videos and, you know, just making additional content so that you can just be working on your skill sets during those times. And then once you, you know, get everything rolling, you get some momentum, then slide back into, you know, get, adding some Netflix time and game time and, you know, things like that. Um, but, you know, if you really want it and you don't have a lot of time in your schedule, then of course you, you're going to have to force that time in there. And that's going to come with, you know, sacrifice and some things like, you know, Netflix and that kind of stuff. Okay. Let's looking for some questions here. Okay. So we got some questions. Here we go. So the very first one um, here is from Peter George says, how do you approach a darts channel? I want to do reviews, news, and live um, when competitions are on. So the problem is when competitions are on, is that your videos are probably going to be taken down if you're streaming the competition um, because that competition might be streamed on YouTube already. And if it is, then um, it's going to be getting streamed into their content ID. And then when you stream it, their system is going to detect it and then they'll take your, uh, they, they could take your stream down depending on, you know, what that, you know, the, the rights holders of that, uh, that dart championship have worked out with YouTube. Um, so because of that, um, if you are going to do that sort of thing, I wouldn't stream the actual event, but maybe do like highlights or do something related to like, Hey, this is what's going on. You have your own scoreboard. You're not showing any of their stuff on screen. You don't have any of their audio on screen. You're just watching it externally where people on YouTube can't see it, but you're giving like, you know, play by plays, letting people know what's going on. But keep in mind, if you're doing that, then, you know, those people are probably also watching the thing. So then they might be watching you side by side where they're watching that just so they can hear your commentary on it. Um, you know, if they, you know, dig your channel and they love your input on that sort of thing. Um, but when you do like reviews and news, totally different thing because in that case then you know you would go after um you, what, what i would do in that case is i would use TubeBuddy. i would find the best uh, you know keywords um for the things that people are looking for that have the highest amount of traffic versus the lowest amount of competition and i would do reviews around all of those things um so that you are placed in search for those but of course like you always hear me say make sure that even if you're targeting search that you make sure that you're adding compelling elements to your thumbnail and or your title so that you can also capitalize on homepage traffic and suggested traffic as well. Um, but another thing that I would make sure that I do is I would make sure that every video title that I put up, um, that I also have the word darts um, in the title somewhere or dart in the title somewhere, um, just for the sake of context for the people that are interested in darts. Um, in your thumbnails, um, if you are um, inclined to put yourself in your thumbnails right now, I wouldn't even worry about that because the people that are looking around at dart-related content, if you're into darts, you probably see this on your own homepage. The people that are looking around at dart-related content, um, if they see you in the thumbnail and only you and some text on there, they might not have a quick glance at that and get a full understanding that it's something that they would care about. Um, if you have Dart in your title, it's going to help with that. But a way to kind of slam that one home is, let's say that somebody's watching a Dart video on a, uh, on a computer. Then if they're watching a Dart video on a computer being suggested next to that Dart video, you're going to see some other Dart videos. And some of those thumbnails may be small or they may be large, depending on, you know, what it is that YouTube is testing at that moment in time. Um, and if 
if they see your thumbnail, you want to make sure that at a glance that they can tell that it has something to do with darts. So because of that, I would just put darts in every single thumbnail that you have um, versus, you know, having you in there. As you start to grow the channel, if you want to put yourself in the thumbnails as you have an audience so they can recognize that it's you and all that good stuff, that's fine. But right now, I would focus on dart imagery so that the people that are interested in darts, they can clearly see that that's something that they're interested in without having to read the title. They see, oh, this has something to do with darts. I love darts. So therefore, I know that this video has something to do with something that I care about. So like, they're not going to think this through. It's going to happen automatically in their brain, right? So they see, you know, the dart related imagery, something I'm interested in, read the title. Oh, something, something, dart review, whatever. Huh? I haven't seen these darts before. Let me click on that and go in and watch that video, right? Um, another thing to keep in mind is when you are um, putting your uh, dart uh, videos out there is also keep in mind, you know, you're going to see tons of stuff on YouTube where people are using these real long intros. They start their videos and they say things like, you know, hey, um, I'm Peter George. I mean, I'm not Peter George, but I, I'm just giving this example. So, you know, hey, I'm Peter George. Uh, you know, welcome to the channel. If you're new here, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a comment, click the bell, um, you know, share it with your friend, buy whatever it is I have in the description. And, uh, you know, think about me when you're at the mall next time, right? Like you don't want to do that. Like what you want to do is you open your video with a hook. That hook tells them exactly what it is they're going to get into the video. And then you get into the actual content. Now, if you want to put a logo intro or something in there, you can test that if you want to. But at the end of the day, you want to put the content out there um, that is catered to the viewer experience, which means not wasting their time with a bunch of stuff. If you are going to ask them to subscribe during the video content towards the front, don't just say, welcome to the channel, subscribe. Say something along the lines of, you know, hey, you know, if you're new here, I make videos about darts every Tuesday. Um, so if you're into darts, remember to subscribe and then move on. So then that way you're at least giving context into why it is that they should subscribe. So what do we got here? All right, we got some, we got some, we got some homies that showed up here. And we will start here. Our next guest registers a 9 out of 10 on the Clooney scale, but he'll also help you leverage YouTube for your business. Ladies and gentlemen, Owen Video. What up, everybody? Good to see you guys. Can you guys hear me? Loud and clear, dude. How are you? Dude, it's so good to see you. It's been a while. It has. I'm like, who is this guy? Owen who? I showed up here like, what, what, what is this like, Owen guy? I, well, I, haven't, I, I used to know an Owen. Like, I don't know what happened to that guy. I haven't talked to him in ages. What's going on? It's been like three weeks. Oh, man. It's been a long time. Maybe, four, maybe a month. It's, I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while. It's been a lot. Yeah. And like with, with like uh, cities opening up and things opening up again, like I can go places with my families on Saturday. What do you think of that? Crazy. Right? It's like, what's this world that we're living in? I know. It's it's nasty. This just in. We just got noticed that a special guest is now beaming in straight from Hair Force One. I present to you, Daniel Battelle. <laughs> nice. Love it. Love the fate. Love the facial. <laughs> Best like, intros really, ever. Really took that one home. That was great. Listen, you got to come in with a bang. I just want to point out that I've also been spending time with uh, Owen's family, too. So all of this interaction has been fantastic. We really love COVID <laughs> passing. Dude, I, someday I'm going to be as funny as you are. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, Daniel will tweet something and then I'll write my little witty comment back. And I'm like, ha, 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 I'm so funny. And then he'll come back with like four words that shreds me. That just absolutely oh. 
destroys me. And it's like that. I, that is a sign of a man who has far too much time on his hands, my friend. That is not a plus. That is probably a character flaw. But I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate either it. Either way, we take what we can get. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? What are we talking about? I love your shirt, Daniel. What's what's up with your shirt? It looks like we've got some. Some stream, some spread shop uh, repage here. We got spread shop repage. We got streamyard repage as well. Look at that! Bam! Wow. That's what I'm talking about. We are not playing around, people. If you are out there and you are thinking about live streaming, uh, I, we could tell you right now that Streamyard is the only choice for trying to live stream quickly, effectively, and get in front of the people you want to know. And if you're looking to wear cool merch that you might want to wear in that stream or sell as a revenue stream outside of the way you're making money inside of YouTube, Spreadshop is your first and only print-on-demand source for making that merch that you might want to put out there. This is like holy water on a on a vampire for me. Like, is that right. what it is like garlic? And I think that so, you guys yeah. don't know. I, I, so. I just really quick, really quick. As Owen's saying that, I just want to reemphasize how awesome Streamyard is and how you guys should be using Streamyard for all of your live streaming solutions. I all right, go that. ahead. <laughs> I love you guys. Like, this is real like industry stuff here. So I I rep another live stream company. Um, yeah. That, that that is that's why we're doing that from the inside like that's what that's what's going on so yeah so so basically owen uh yeah so so owen represents uh restream yeah uh who is a stream yard competitor so yeah. that's why we're giving Owen a hard time uh right now with the uh came out, of the, came out of nowhere too like i jump in yeah. and it's like daniel from here nick from here yeah so yeah we were chatting on facebook and we're like hey here he is let's get him yeah, get on hey, both hey, sides. Come from both sides. Right in the middle. Yeah, we're gonna put him right in the middle here on the screen because StreamYard allows you to move the screen elements around so that you can make oh sure that the God. people on the screen are in the right places for you. This is but perfect. um, but basically, no, I'm just giving you a hard time, Owen. Perfect. That's yeah, so, uh, meme. I'm in the middle of the worst meme in America. Right now. <laughs> can I just point out? Can I just point out? I don't know what size Restream's coffee mugs are, but I bet they're not this big. <laughs> they're twelve inches, sir. <laughs> oh good stuff man. put like hot liquids in them you know <laughs> yeah it's so good with you guys i it's been yeah, a nice nice for you to uh nice for you to be here man like what's what's going on uh what's going on in in the in the owen video world stuff. lots of good stuff like we we are launching two new shows we're launching my wife right. is launching a show uh with a naturopathic doctor called the integrative medica podcast We've done 24 episodes in about four weeks. The nice. podcast last, it's a video podcast. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on iTunes. Um, we've got that going on. Uh, we're launching another show called the Brave Talk Show, which is sort of a partnership with four other women. It's like a women-based show. I'm producing it, but my wife is actually sort of starring in it as well with three other women. So nice. we're just kind of like doing the head down and creating thing right now. Like we're, we're not coming up for air. I, I haven't really posted on social media. I'm not doing a look at my latest video thing. I'm just head down, grinding, working on new content and treating YouTube like real estate, right? Treating YouTube like, okay, which of these channels is going to be the big channel that that sort of like pays for our retirement? So that's what we've been working on. And it's been it's been really nice. It's been really nice to just kind of get back into creating again. Nice. Nice. Very cool. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit in the same vein. So like uh, for me, I've been just in a little bit of a lull in terms of content creation um, on my side as well. Just cause I've been busy, you know, with all the stuff going on here. And uh, uh, just this week, um, I finally got, you know, things set up in a way to where I can I can literally turn on the light. Uh, I literally hit one button, 
turn the camera on and I can just sit there and make a video. Um, so, you know, just, just having that in place, um, has helped me, you know, this week, you know, crank out, you know, a nice handful of videos. Um, and then I'll be doing, you know, the same exact thing, you know, basically my thing with that particular setup is the subscriber Q and A's that I do. Um, basically I'm going to come in and I'm going to answer a question a day. Um, unless I'm like fired up, then I'll, I might do two. And then basically it's going to allow me to stack those, um, subscriber Q and A videos up, you know, pretty fatly, um, so that I can just continually put those out in addition to the, you know, content that I currently put out as well. So, uh, it's kind of optimizing the workflow for yeah. the sake of, you know, being able to, to, to publish more content. Workflow is the word, my man. And, uh, Rob Thomas is asking, what is Owen's channel? You can check us out. We do like video creation tips at Owen video, but I'm also building a brand new Amazon Alexa channel at life automated. So I invite you to check both of those out. Um, are you doing Alexa automations in terms of workflows? Like, you know, we step one, step two is what a workflow is. If you guys don't know, it's like step one, step two, step three. And you do the same thing every time. Like a Hershey bar is made the same way every time, you know. Are you doing a lot? Is it like Alexa and um, hardware automations in that you're using, um, uh, you know, X keys or or your uh, your switcher board and that sort of like talk, talk. What are your automations like? No, for me, like on the on the work side of things, um, the only automations that I have uh, involved is my email. So basically, when somebody signs up for that, then there's a sequence that they go through. But outside of that, on the automation side, um, like I can't really automate my content creation process. I mean, if I hired out, I could um, in terms of, you know, hey, you're going to be Nick Nimmin now, <laughs> right? So just hiring somebody else, you know, hey, you're Nick Nimmin hey, now. Hey, hey. I will here. gladly be Nick Nimmin if that opportunity exists. All right. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. I will be, I, I don't know about the shaving the head thing, but I'll take the name. I'll take the name. Okay. Hey, you're Nick Nimmin now. Call me if you need anything. But basically uh, on that side of things, um, it's more about um, making it easy to make stuff. So one thing that I found, and I'm sure, you know, both of you guys and everybody here that's watching this, you know, who creates, who's been creating content for a while, um, you find that, if you if you put any types of roadblocks yeah. in making content to where you have to put out a little bit of extra energy from what you're used to putting out, then it becomes something to where you might not prioritize it or you just might push it aside because it's just not easy to do. So because of that, um, you know, with the new setup that I have over there where I can just sit down, hit, you know, like literally three buttons and then I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, for me, having that um, is something to where like all of the stuff that my brain says like, ah, I don't feel like doing that today. I don't want to move that light or I don't want to, you know, move that from here over to yeah, here. Yeah. Um, you know, it takes away those things and just makes it easy to just sit down and just go ahead and, and, and do what it is that I need to do. You so, know, um, so for me, it's more about removing those blocks than yeah. it is animation for what it is that I do. That's, that's, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm hearing some, uh, some feedback on my mic and this is exactly what Nick's talk, talking about last night we were recording podcasts and so we had a different setup and and then today nick's like hey join me live and i come in and i'm like it's like i have to move lights around i have to replug mics in and it, you you kind of like forget about these things when that happens on a weekly basis you you lose so much time and energy yeah. in content creation because you're doing what i call like admin work like that's more of an admin thing you know, um, moving the light around. It's not so much like, ooh, let me like like use my creative juices right now. And then yeah. you sit down to do the video and you're sweaty and your shirt's wrinkly and it's like, you know, you're, you're I'm not sure that you're in that right place all the time to do it that. It is such a, it's, you know, and we're, we're joking about this, like the fact that Nick and I obviously are both, um, you know, are both uh, affiliated with um, not only uh, 
with with Spreadshop, but also with StreamYard. But you know, there's requirements in there where at any given moment yeah, we might be making web-based live streaming platform out there by the I, way I, I don't to- I don't I just I don't know if it's uh, come up in conversation yet but probably yeah. should but that it. but as content creators I think sometimes uh, especially when I was young like uh, young, I was never young not not on YouTube I wasn't anyway but when I was a newer content creator <laughs> um that, you know you, you're really focused on growing your channel building your channel and as opportunities start arising and you get to work with different companies there are different demands and at any minute you might be having to do many different things for different channels or for different content uh, that that can pull away from the way you're naturally used to, well, this is how I make content for my channel. So having that ability to quickly be able to adapt to different types of content or different requests or working with different companies and filming something differently and having things where you're not constantly moving things around, that's the reason I built my set was just for that, was it got to the point where it's like, holy crap, I spent half my day, never mind trying to get my hair to dry coming out of the shower, but then setting up things. <laughs> Nick, we've shared a bathroom before. Well, we've been out on the road. You know what it's yeah, like. Yeah, well, it was like, uh, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, look, 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 look what, Daniel. what happened in here? <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, there was an entire, there was a whole nother Daniel left just in hair quantity, stuck wow. to every portion of the shower stall. Owen was in that house too. <laughs> Owen was there too. Ladies and gentlemen, I need to, I need to have an intro made for uh, Andrew since he's coming on regularly now. But Andrew can in the house. What's up, Andrew? Hope that you hey, are Andrew. going. Hey, well, right on. I'm doing very well. You know, speaking of being on the road, one thing I learned about Daniel is he has like the worst luck with choosing rooms. Like anytime he chooses a room, there's either like a wild ban under him. There's mm. something that goes wrong. So I always feel so bad for Daniel because there's never one consistent time where I've traveled with you or you've had like a good room experience. I, 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 <laughs> except for that one time that Owen stayed with us and the ceiling fan in his room was stuck on high. Oh, so he may have... <laughs> He may have the trophy. He may have. To, he may be the, the the contender for the throne. Look, let me tell you something interesting about that trip too, because that was what Palm Spring, uh, Palm Springs ClamorCon. Yes. I think, yep. uh, is what, and that's still a great. I was just at ClamorCon like two weeks ago. It's still a great, a great event to go to. Uh, I filmed two videos there for a channel that we kind of just like started and then lost the passion for. You know, you guys ever done that? Like you started chatting. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I want my whole life to be on this. And then you do it. And you're like, well, that was fun. <laughs> Two videos <laughs> later. Yeah. I really want to do that. Yeah. Those videos got like tens of thousands of views on them. And I just never, never went back. But I filmed them right there with the ceiling fan going on because I couldn't turn it off for filming those videos. Nice. So, you got it done though. That's what matters. I got, you got it done, and you got tens of thousands of views on the videos, so that effort was not wasted. The, the channel got monetized on those two videos, and then we're like, meh, on uploading more. You know, so yeah, follow Owen Video for more stellar business advice. Ooh, wrong button. Hold on. Wrong button. Hold on. Super. There chat. we go. Uh, really quick, <laughs> Traveler's Backpacker says. Hi, myself, uh, guys. I'm a YouTuber from India. Hope you guys are doing well. We are doing fantastic. Thank you for the super, yeah. super chat. I hope that you are also doing well. And Whiskey Alpha. Welcome to the Nimanati. Welcome to the Nimanati. Just go to nimanvip.com. That's going to redirect you to our uh, members only Facebook group. Fill out all the information on the way in because that's how I verify that you are a member. So, Owen, really quick. On the automation, that is kind of automated, but I do it through the Stream Deck, not through uh, not through uh, Alexa. That's what I meant, though. Like it's because, it's, but it's part of that. It's already set up one touch kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, those, yeah, those are the, that's, that's the good stuff. Yeah, that's all stacked up inside of um, inside of uh, Stream Deck. So basically, I do that, and then it triggers the hue lights. Um, and then, of course, um, I've got OBS over there um, that is pushing the images that's on the projector in the back. Yeah. Um, and then everything's routing through there. So I just hit that, and then it kind of runs it. Now, are you so. still planning on changing the lights? I remember early on when you got those lightsabers back there, you were like, I don't know if I'm going to keep them. Yeah, I just, I'm kind of used to them now. Right. So they, yeah, they've become kind of a part of it now. So yeah, so I'm, so I'm kind of used to them now. And like when you're in here, like when this light is off and you're in the room. Um, so basically like when I'm not live streaming, um, in some of my videos, you'll see it, um, as well, but when I'm not streaming, um, I have it, I don't have it on blue. I'll have it on just kind of a low version of just a normal, um, a normal color light. So this is called my, so your studio bars. So I'll have it, you know, something like this. That's what I'm doing. And uh, it'll be turned down to about like, yay. So basically I have those that'll be turned down really low there. And then I've got this little ball over here. And then I've got another like little mood light over here in the corner, but they're all hue. So I can just change the color on everything. Yeah. And uh, like when I'm just in here chilling, the addition of those lights in the background really make it, uh, you know, really make it, uh, you know, just super chilling here. That's so. part of like what I mean by workflow, you know, like we, we create what we call pre-flight checklists. And this is like our workflow. So the whole idea is like when I'm live streaming, this is the the setup, right? It's like the hue light goes here. It's on 4,600 Kelvin. It's set, you know, on this brightness, 50% brightness. Like all of this crap's written down for me because I actually have a videographer that comes in here and sets up my studio on Wednesdays and Thursdays. But the whole idea is, is that he's not in charge of how it looks. He's in charge of duplicating the look like a set manager every time. So, but, but you guys, for those of you guys that are your own set managers, you are your own videographers, you know, like you need to have like these things, like the hue lights are set to blue, 50% brightness, the projectors on because otherwise you get through it. That's why I got rid of the TV back here. Like you guys know, I had like a, like a real Costco TV back here. And instead what I, I switched it out with a, a fake TV with the green board in it. Why? Because the the TV was causing too much light to come on mm. on the back end, and so like when I did a green screen, I have green, you know, green shadow on this part of my, and it, it's hard to get out. Then you, I'm darker because there's backlight behind me. In some of my videos, the TV's brighter than I am, and it's like, man, I don't know if I can use that. You know, Dude, every every day of my life, I can honestly say any show that I watch, the TV's brighter than I am. I literally, I'm the dumbest person yeah. in the world. I'm like, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I watch the Discovery Channel a lot, so pr oh. pretty much always the TV is brighter than I am. When we grew up, the TV, it's like, can you turn that TV up? Like, I can barely see it from here. Now, the TV goes on, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> my kids are upstairs watching Mr. Beast. I love watching how kind of like bright and in your, in your face Mr. Beast is, but it's it's overwhelming for my eyes. Well, it just goes, you know, the same thing we were talking about when you're constantly trying to build out sets and trying to do things so that you can uh, create content efficiently and effectively. I have two screens here. We all do it differently. Mine is, I don't know if I have mine set over this way. I have two screens here and I have two cameras in between each one of these monitors. Yeah. That is a 16 by nine. And then the other, the same camera flipped up okay. at nine by 16. So I can film content uh -huh. for TikTok, other of uh, YouTube vertical videos. And then I run another, the same camera up there that can give us a side angle view, but trying to, but every time I change those screens, if I just pull something up in a live stream and I'm 
monitoring something, it can throw a completely different light onto my face. And I'm like, well, I just changed the entire yeah. spectrum of, I work all this time, get the candles right, get the background lighting right. And then all of a sudden I open up like a channel review and it's like, you know, it looks like, you know, ET landed on the left side of my face and it's, yeah. oh God, I think he's going to take me away. But it is, these are the silliest things that you don't even think about while you're buying all this gear. Like, well, you just put everything in front of you, but you spend more time trying to dial things in so that you finally get it to the yeah. point where you go, consistency is a trick. That's something it takes a long time oh, to dial good, in. man. I love that, consistency. You know what's funny is my, like, my lighting and everything is like opposite of consistent. So like I was consistent <laughs> for a really long time with my lighting, but in this place right here, um, over there, it will now be consistent from uh, from like a few days you know, onward indefinitely. Um, but then like, you know, everything else where I'm like moving things around the room and that kind of stuff, like it's super inconsistent here. Even like with this, when I'm streaming right now, um, because like when you guys came on, I took my stream yard and I moved it from the left, um, which it basically reflects some light over here on this side. And then I put it in the middle, which then changed, you know, just how I look, you know, right there on screen, just a little bit, um, you know, compared to, uh, you know, having that white thing over on this side of the screen yeah. um, that I was able to, you know, catch some ambience off of. Listen to us like nerding out on lighting, like oh, little deep so like monitor reflections and whatnot. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is one great. Because this I think one of the things, you know, as to Daniel's <laughs> point was talking about is like, Sometimes the things that look easy are actually very complicated. And when you break that down, it gives people a reminder that, hey, it might take time. But as long as you get it set up the way you want and can actually get to that point where you are consistent, where you are doing it. Like, you know, Nick has been telling us all for years to save time, especially for Daniel. Don't worry about your hair. Just shave it off. Just get ready for filming. That's the biggest mm -hmm. productivity oh, hack I know. That's crazy talk. That's Literally crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah, either one works. Either one just works great. Yeah. Well, listen, that's exactly what the thing we're talking about is all of this stuff, it, whether it comes down to making content, trying to grow a YouTube channel, trying to build out your set, trying to figure out how to use all the tools, get your lighting right. It takes a lot of effort to make things look effortless. I promise yes. you. Yeah, I promise you. And, and another thing, too, um, on, on that note is that like when you are watching YouTube videos or, or think of it this way, like for everybody that's watching right now, like when you're putting your videos together, um, you're like there's the big question of like quality over quantity. Right. When you're thinking about quality, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to make content like MKBHD. It simply means that when you're making your content, if you can get things to a point to where people are not distracted by the quality it, where right they can just come in and they can enjoy the content without thinking like, man, this audio freaking sucks. Like yeah. I can hardly hear what this person's saying or they're like, wow, this is like, it's dark. I can't even see what's going on. With I can't even see this person that's in this video right now or the things they're trying to show me. So like, if you can remove those obstacles in somebody's brain to where they can just come in and enjoy your content, that's all you need in terms of quality. And then if you decide to, of course you can upgrade from there, but at the, you know, at the core of it, you just need to get things to where the quality of your content um, is not a distraction and how you're putting things together in your edit is not a distraction. It adds to the experience versus people being like, whoa, yeah. you know, your audio got crazy loud there for, you know, like three seconds. And then it went back down to where I had to actually like stop and adjust my speakers and, you know, all of that stuff, you know, when you can kind of even out your audio and make everything just a better, pleasant experience for the people that are watching, it really gets you a long way because yeah. you're removing those, you know, those obstacles uh, or that negativity, you know, associated with your content. What this is Huge called, advice. by the way, is media literacy. And, and it's something that we as content creators are conscious of on a, on a top level, but your, your audience largely is not conscious of it. Doesn't mean that they're not like actively living on it. We're talking about bad audio in the comment section. You know, when, when a user, when you open up a video and it's like, 
like bad audio for even if it's for a second the user clicks off they're like oh my gosh that was a horrible experience and then they click off in your mind you might go ah oh, it's only a second right but to the viewer it killed that whole experience it's the same with like overexposure like if this side of your face is just totally bright and kind of like washed out the viewer might watch for a little bit but they're going to log off because they feel uncomfortable. It's it's like the headroom thing kills me. Like if, if your headroom is like way off or whatever, like you're way off centered, it's hard for me to watch that video. The average viewer, though, has no idea why they don't like it. They just don't like it. So it's like Nick said, you really got to get them to a place where they're just not paying attention to the quality. Right. Are you, are you suggesting that this layout is somehow visually offensive? This. Oh, my God. I think Andrew's drowning. Someone's on the light preserver. Is, is, do I have too much headroom, Owen? I can't I can't figure out if my headroom is too much or not. I am strange. Saying I'm not positioned right in the, in, in the frame. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you guys do that because you guys are actually widescreen in, in the one third frame, which is actually a really great place, which is actually a really great place to be. Right a little bit too far in the third, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're in the fourth. You're already yeah. in the fourth. Up here, Nick is now in your room. Change dimensions. <laughs> Rule of sevenths. Yeah. <laughs> now, nah, just really confused. him. Rule of seventeenths. <laughs> really quick. Really quick. Uh, simply small intro. says, "How do you put a poll in chat?" Um, so for to put a poll in chat, um, all you have to do if the feature is enabled on your um, on your channel in your chat, um, all you have to do, and I'll share the screen here really quick so that you can check this out. Um, let's see, go here and bam. So in StreamYard, they make it really easy to share your screen like this. I just want to you know bring that to uh, to your attention. Way easier than other live streaming platforms that you might see out there on the internet, uh, you know, in places. So I just want to make sure to, to mention that really quick. But basically, um, if you go down to the bottom of the chat right here, you're going to see your um, your emojis here. <laughs> Um, to the right of that is the poll option. And then when you click on that, just like in the community tab, you fill out the information that you want, and then you put out the um, the questions that you have there, and then you hit um, to go, and then it will go ahead and pin it for you um, to the top of the chat there um, so that you can go ahead and collect whatever information or insights or whatever it happens to be from uh, the people that are hanging out. But that's something that YouTube um, has to have enabled on your YouTube channel. And uh, with that, I happen to notice um, I believe it was last week, either last week or the week before that I had that enabled. I just forgot to use it. Um, so I'm glad that somebody brought it up this time so that I could actually, you know, get in there and actually, uh, you know, kind of mess with it a little bit and, uh, you know, see how uh, see how it works. So if you haven't voted in that yet, please do. Um, right now we're like 771 votes and I'm just curious just to get some insights. I mean, it's an overwhelming amount of people under a thousand subscribers, um, which is what I assumed. However, um, you know, if you haven't voted yet, please go in there and vote. I'm just curious to, you know, collect this information so I can make sure to cater what it is that I'm doing um, to, you know, to the, to the right people. So this helps me make better content for you. All right. So um, let's see here. As we keep on going to this list, you guys want to answer some questions here really quick? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. All right. That's what I'm talking about. So um, let's see here. So the very first question is going to be from Tut Tips. Tut Tips says um, the type of channel is living in an old home and tips for your home. The goal of the channel is at least 2,000 subscribers and pass on tips for your home. And the question is, I'm building a home channel. Hmm. Who could have known? No, I'm just kidding. Just because you mentioned like the home <laughs> thing, like several places in our time. Um, but um, I'm building a whole channel, but it's so, uh, so many. I did niche down. Um, is it possible to break through in something so popular? 
thoughts on let's let's condense this down for to make it relevant to everyone um so if if somebody's starting a youtube channel right now or they're just getting going like all the people here that have under a thousand subscribers is it possible right now in 2021 to break into a space that is already competitive and has a lot of successful content creators what are your thoughts everybody we'll 100%. start with Owen. next to oh. me and Go clockwise. Yeah, sure. You, you know, absolutely. I think YouTube is the only platform where a new creator can break in right from the get because the algorithm is sort of structured to be lenient in the beginning. That said, if you're not building watch time and click through, uh, you're you won't be considered, and it's you're going to enter the grind. That being said, like I heard the home niche, and and that to me is like saying I made a channel for men. You know, that's that's huge. That's just like this big, wide, non-specific vanilla audience. So I, I would definitely be looking at like a niche inside that niche where where you can really build um, a unique perspective and a name for yourself. Daniel? Understand what you bring to the conversation. It's exactly what Owen was just saying. My channel is only a little over a couple of years old and it's got a couple hundred thousand subscribers now. So if you're going to talk to me about being able to build a channel, of, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a couple thousand short. We're getting there. We're getting there. I know. I know. I'm very excited. So it is absolutely possible to grow a channel nowadays. When you talk about the home space, about home renovations, first of all, I was a contractor for over 35 years. Mr. Owen above us was, it comes from the contracting space as well. We know that space. What you have to understand, whether you're doing home renovations or what are you doing gaming or you do whatever your channel's about. YouTube is nothing other than a series of conversations. You have to understand what conversation you want to be in and what you bring to that conversation. If you are unique, if you stand out, if you, if you look different, feel different, sound different, if you stand out in that conversation, I promise you that's all you need to do is put the viewer's needs first and make sure that people go, I know that, I've seen that, I want to watch that. You can grow a channel absolutely as far as you want, especially in something like a, a, a home renovation space or, a, or fixing your house. Dad, How Do I is a channel that exploded under the, onto the scene doing nothing but I'm a dad. I'm in my home. I'm going to talk about how, how to fix a you know leaky toilet, how to you know replace a couple of shingles. And he exploded on YouTube. So if you're asking if you can do it, absolutely. The real question you should be asking yourself is how do I do it? And that starts with you. You have to look inward and go, how am I going to get recognized? How am I going to bring a unique perspective? And how am I going to make my channel stand out against all the other channels that are out there? Because every time your channel is served up, it's not about search because three quarters of the views on YouTube are served in recommended. So you need to make sure that when someone who's interested in working on their house and is also interested in playing guitar and is interested in the greatest live streaming platform on the universe uh, or interested in any of those things that you wanna make sure when all those different types of videos are served to that viewer, when they see your video and they go, oh wait, there's so many interests that are being served to me right now, but that one video that serves that one interest that I'm interested in, pops out to me and says, Ooh, I want to stop and watch that because that video is grabbed my attention and sucked me into the viewing experience. Look inward, start there. And I guarantee you can grow your channel. So good. Andrew thoughts. Yeah. I, I think that no one would say that there are too many homes. People are always building and buying more and there's not too many people in 
on YouTube and there's not too many people in niches. And to Daniel's point, being part of that conversation is so crucial because just because there are some people in the space doesn't mean that they're having every conversation that needs to be in there. And sometimes you have the same conversation with multiple people just to get perspective. And when you count yourself out and you're not putting yourself into the conversation, that is worse for the viewer because they're not getting all aspects on one thing. And yeah, you can even think of it like this. There are multiple rooms in a house. That is multiple pieces of content you can make, especially around home renovation. Try different things. See what works for the conversations you want to have. Maybe you do stuff around the bathroom, and that's what really starts taking off. And you're like, hey, there's more rooms in a house than a bathroom. Subscribe if you want to learn how to do this to your entire house. There's so much flexibility in that content type that makes sense, that leads you room to experiment. So don't count yourself out of the conversation. Make sure you're there. And make sure that what you are providing is exactly what people are needing. Because to Daniel's point, to Owen's point, is that when you find what people need and you can have those conversations, that's when YouTube can take a look at those analytics. They can see how is this converting? How long are people watching? Do people click on this content? Should we recommend it out? And once all those things come together, that's how you get pushed out more. But if you are too afraid to start, it will never happen. Boom. So um, another thing to think about, too, is that um, in addition to, you know, finding the ways to stand out and things like that, is that on YouTube, people are going to resonate with different people also. So uh, one of the things that's that's really awesome about YouTube is that, um, you know, even if you're watching, you know, like, for example, there's a really good chance that if you watch, you know, my content that you've probably seen Owen, you've probably seen Daniel, you've probably seen Andrew. And because you've probably seen Tim, you've probably seen Daryl, you've probably seen video influencers, Sean and Benji. Um, you've probably seen Matt from Little Monster. You've probably seen, um, um, uh, um, Catherine Manning, you've probably seen Sonny Leonard Doozy, possibly depending on exactly what it is that you're looking for. But the thing is like, you're going to watch some of them and you're going to be like, eh, not really for what, I don't know why, but yeah. it, I'm just not feeling them. And then you're going to watch other people and you're going to be like, okay, yeah. Like the way that they communicate, I get it. Right. Like I understand, you know, what's coming out. I like the way that they, you know, explain things, whatever. So because of that, you know, the thing is, is when you're coming into a new space, you're going to, you know, collect the people, so to speak, for lack of a better way to say it right now, but you're going to collect the people that resonate with you. And those people that resonate with you are going to get the value from you. And that the you part of your YouTube channel is going to be one of the things that's also going to help you stand out against the competition. So even if you're going into something that's competitive, it does not mean that you, you know, like everybody on the screen was talking about, um, it doesn't mean that you, you know, can't do it. Um, it just means that you're going to have to put in the work, but it also means that people have done it before you which mm -hmm. means that you research their channels and you you know pay attention to the videos they put out that people have liked and things like that. It's gonna give you tons of insight into the right things that you can do and the wrong things that you can do based on the experience that those channels have already had as well. So, you know, there's a lot of advantages to coming into a, 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 coming into a crowded space. Yeah. Preach, that was great. Really good. So uh, next question that we have here on the, uh, on the list, we've got, um, let's see here. Dole Whip Dad says, in my opinion, can I still make it on YouTube? It's just another way of saying, I wish I had um, started earlier. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, um, like basically like, I, I think it's that. And I think that it's also in some cases, I think it's people that are considering starting a YouTube channel 
and they, they're just kind of like on that fence and they're kind of looking for like a, yeah, or they're looking for a, nah, it's way too crowded so that they can be like, okay, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be on camera. Of those things. Um, but uh, the next question that we have here um, is from Incarcerace says, I have friends that make YouTube videos and I've seen that they barely put any effort into their videos while I actually spend time and effort working on a video. Why do my friends have more subscribers? Yeah. You know, it. there's that assumption that your viewers want this high quality video. You know, mm -hmm. this great article came out on Mr. Beast uh, just recently that that it was explaining how he intentionally makes his videos look homemade so that the viewer feels like like it's something that they can connect to. Even in our own my own Owen video production, I feel like we're like overproduced and maybe a little unrelatable. And so we're trying to like like. um you know, just just simplify our our production a little bit. And actually, my my next three videos coming out are are two buddy tutorials, and they're very just very cut and dry, simple, fast paced, and fun. And I think that they're going to do really well. So I I think you have to watch out between like what like you think the the neighbors want polished silver, and and maybe they don't. Well, you, to, you know what? Right there. Stay there for a second. Here's the thing that you guys have to start differentiating. If you start deciding what you think quality is and you say, well, quality is like a really crisp picture. And I spend a lot of time on my edits and my my quality sounds really deep and rich. And I sound like I've got a really professional voice. You have to understand that people don't know that when they're clicking on videos, when they look and there's a scroll, they're trying to find value okay so what nick said earlier was don't let those things get in the way or distract from the value of the content yes have a decent sounding audio yes have good good looking videos but if you think well that's the thing that will get your channel to grow just because your mic sounds better or just because your video is clear it's not that at all it's value people click videos in the scroll because there's something that is their interest they go i want to watch that video because i think there's something i want to see and if they are satisfied by the promise of the thumbnail and the title, by the content, then they will go on to watch more. So think more in terms of quality of, are you giving the viewer the thing they are looking for? Not yeah. just the right resolution, just not the right audio quality, not just how crisp and 4K your video is. Give them the thing they're really looking for. If you're making a video about how to cure poison ivy or how to get rid of poison ivy, then that video better spend all of its time quickly getting to the point of, got poison ivy itching up, let me show you how to get rid of it. Hit it, nail it, give that value when people will go that was great i'm in i loved it i watched all of it yep boom in finance education niche under 100 subscribers thinking of moving all content outdoor woods like beachside um try to stand out thoughts um personally i think that's fine um i would experiment with it like if you think that that's going to help you make you know better content or help people you know resonate with you more then give it a shot or if you're doing it because it's like hey everybody else is doing them you know in their place whatever um and i'm just going to go you know sit in some pretty environments and just kind of take the serene approach to what it is that i'm doing um i think it's fine i think anything like that is worth experimentation so that you can start to uncover things that people you know respond to um at the end of the day if you're doing finance education it's really for you it's going to come down to the value more than
than anything else that you're doing and how you explain things and, you know, how much you give in terms of the information that you're putting out there, that's going to make more of an impact than the background that you're using um, for your videos. However, um, you know, once you do take people, you know, like out into the woods and all that, you're going to be able to compare that content to other content that you have where you've been indoors or in a studio or whatever it is, wherever it is you're recording your stuff, you're going to be able to compare that content and just see if there's any noticeable difference in, in the content sets that let's say you make 10 videos outside and then you have 10 videos indoors in a very specific location, your office or something, then in that case, you'll be able to look at those and say, Hey, is there any difference here um, in terms of, you know, people watching longer from, you know, these, and then of course you got to break down all the other variables that could have also happened there in terms of the topics and the specific things that you're talking about and so on. But you'll have some information based on, uh, you know, those changes that you're doing with your background. Yeah. So. You, you know, I, I'm really kind of passionate about this topic because you have to watch out be between like, are you doing it for your sake or for the viewer's sake? Right. <clears throat> And is your outdoorsiness connected to your content? Like, it's like, hey, you know, have you ever been, like, you're at the beach and you're like, have you ever noticed how the waves come rolling in one after another and they, ever, they never stop? What if you could make money that way? Like, these waves coming in over and over. That was great. That was a great, yeah, that was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, that was, that's why Owen is just awesome at what he does right there. Like how he thought of that right there. That was fantastic, by the way. That but was if, great. You just, if you just go out keep there. Keep going. And, sorry. Sorry. Keep going. I, I was just. No, yeah, thank go. You. I appreciate that. And that's what, that's what we do. Like we come alongside creators and help them find that edge, you know, to, to, to expand. If you just do the Lambo thing, like, what's up? I'm at the beach. <laughs> I'm successful, dog. Like, I, I just don't think it's going to resonate as much. But story tell, story tell, story tell, like. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. So here's I, some just things um, for you. So um, in terms of, of background environment, so um, the guy, and I always forget his name, um, who has the um, man Project Life Mastery channel. Do you guys know his name? What's his name? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The bald guy. Yeah. So um, so basically one of the things that um, that I, one of the videos that I watched with him a long time ago, he was talking about um, uh, he was looking at the place that he has now and it was like a little bit outside of his budget, but he was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway because the type of content that I'm making and blah, blah, blah. I'm just curious if people will perceive me differently. Um, if I get this like high end place compared to, you know, my place that was kind of normal. And, uh, he noticed immediately when he started, uh, you know, making videos from his new place that he started getting more leads from stuff, more course signups and all that, because the perception that people had of him, um, was different when he was in that environment compared to the environment before a friend of mine, um, who is here in Thailand, he's doing the same exact thing and the same exact thing happened to him. So normally he made, um, stuff in a condo. They're just kind of like a normal, you know, condo that you would rent here in Thailand. Um, and he went down to the, uh, I think he's in, uh, Koh Samui now and he went down to one of the islands and he rented because like prices on things here are just nuts because of, you know, what's going on in the world right now. We don't have any tourists. So things are just like super cheap. So he went down and he got a place that's normally about $2,000 a month. Um, and he got it for, I think maybe $500 a month or something, but it's like, it's wicked. But anyway, he's making content there. Same exact things happening with him to where he's just getting more people signing up for his stuff and all that just based on what it is that people are seeing. So one thing that's really important, especially if you're doing like finance content or any type of content where, you know, you're talking about um, like, let's do it this way. If you're doing finance content, let your content itself without you having to say anything reflect reflect that you know what it is that you're talking about right to where you can kind of demonstrate um that you know that you know what you're doing financially just in the environment that you're in um same exact thing goes if you are doing like fitness content right mm -hmm. 
So like, you know, you would take, and I actually had this conversation with somebody recently um, who actually I think is hanging out in the chat still. Um, but you know, the same exact thing applies, you know, like if I'm, if I'm taking fitness content and I'm, I'm watching content based on fitness, I'm going to find somebody that's fit that I'm going to be taking that, you know, information from. So, you know, like what it is that you're doing in your videos and how everything's set up is creating a perception for the people that are interacting with your content. So depending on the type of content that you're making, that's something that's really important to think about. Like I'm sure all of everybody here and everybody in chat has seen the videos on, you know, hey, make a thousand dollars in the next 24 hours type of thing. And then you click on those videos and those people are are sitting in places to where you can clearly see that one, either they're just extremely frugal, which is fine, or two, they're just making that content just kind of blowing hot air and they, you know, and they're just trying to get views from it and that sort of thing. So, uh, so, you know, like what's going on in your, in your environment, um, you know, can, uh, you know, it matters in terms of how people perceive you. So big. Stefan James, Stefan James is the names you're looking for. Yep. I always forget. Stefan, 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 Stefan. Yes. Jack, Stefan. And to Benji, point. in the Oops, house, sorry. Benji, hope that you're doing awesome, my man. Nice to see you uh, swinging by here. Hope that you are doing great. Benji. So, uh, we're going to say, he's saying what's up to Owen. What up, dude? Yeah, well, we wait, are- only to Owen? That's the only guy yeah. who says hi. He comes into a room of four people <laughs> and says hi to Owen. Now we know how uh, all the others dude. felt when Dorothy was like, I think I'm going to miss Scarecrow most of all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. That's epic. Nice. Benji's saying uh, everybody's really jealous of this guy who only pays $500 a month for rent. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is not only is he only paying $500 a month for rent, but like his, his place is huge. Um, and, uh, and like he literally like the whole entire front of the place is glass and, uh, and he's up on the mountain. So you're literally looking out over the ocean. Like, I mean, it's like a, it's like a MTV Cribs type of place. It's pretty wicked. Um, and he's getting it for 500 bucks a month. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool uh, gig that he's got going on right now, but downside is the person that actually owns it is having to rent it out for 500 bucks a month. So that's, uh, that's the downside um, to where normally they get around two grand for it. So let's see here. Um, Astude Mathematica says just reached 100,000 subscribers this past Wednesday. Thank you very much for all the Congrats. Congrats. Thank you for crossing 100,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Nice work. Love that. Love seeing that stuff come in. So uh, let's see here. So next question we have is I have a gaming channel. I recently changed my content and now I'm getting low views. Is this normal? Thoughts? Yeah. yeah, you you change the expectation of what they came for. So like I always say that you know when you're doing a gaming channel, especially if you grew with a specific franchise or game, that's what the expectation was. Like if I had an expectation of a cooking show, for example, and every day it's going to teach me how to do cooking in five minutes, and then one day I log in and it's like today we're doing 18 hour sewing videos. I'm like, yeah. well, I didn't subscribe for 18 hour sewing videos. So yeah. similarly, when you change the game you started playing. Well, that's now a new audience. It's not the same necessary audience that you're building, especially if you go from like a first person shooter to a 3D platformer. There may not always be that crossover. So it's really depending on what the focus was and what you change it to. So is it normal? Yes. And I would say that you need to keep in mind, is this what people came for in the first place? And if it is something you're trying to transition them over to, how can you do that? really good and i think it's also a natural part of the growth process right um my good friend uh kristen hills over at six sisters stuff their channel is probably around seven hundred thousand, and they built it all off of the instapot right so it's like instapot cooking instapot this instapot that they've maxed out the business is where it's going to go and she knows it so the whole thing is like how do we get to two million well, now she's built a new, what we call a silo. Daryl might call it a bucket, uh, but a content category, a playlist. 
she started a new a new playlist on outdoor grilling is the new topic. And the views are way low, but she knows that it will grow over time. And then she'll have a channel where she now has, you know, Instapot and outdoor grilling. Instapot and outdoor grilling. Then the next phase she can go into will be maybe air fryers or something, you, you, you know. But I think that it's a natural part of the growth trajectory to branch out knowing that your levels are going to sink and you've got to sort of rebuild that silo up. So don't ignore the content that got you there in the process, but yes, be building another leg on your table for sure. And to Owen's point, if there's a way, even within those two different kinds, like, you know, you can combine those two cooking styles to bring value in that way. So then the audience who is coming for one thing can then be used to the other. So when you introduce it, it's not so out of left field. Oh, wait, we have a new person in the room that I want to say hi to. And that's and that's Owen. Owen. Hi, Owen. Hi, how Owen. Doing, how are you doing? I just came on here to make sure that Daniel's feelings weren't hurt. And what? he no, knows I'm not offended. What? what? I'd say, God, it's OK. If you if you have a favorite, that's OK. What that's Owen okay. didn't mention is he was the only one that said hi to me in the chat. So this one's. That's all I'm uh, saying. That's I'm, why I said hi to him. But I think if up, you guys? go look out front side of your door, I sent a fruit basket to your front door <laughs> just to say hi. Like the kid in the Christmas story. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? What's up, Nimanati? Good to see you, Benji. Hey, Benji, I got a question for you. We've got 150,000 subscribers, but the ratio of returning versus new viewers is 75 to 25%, resulting in slow subscriber growth, approximately 120 per day. Any suggestions for attracting a higher percentage of new viewers? Well, of course, search, you know, um, it, the, by the way, a lot of these numbers that people share, and if we talk about numbers, I don't really talk about numbers very often, are all arbitrary because everybody's content is going to determine the audience and the user behavior and the, the traffic sources. So don't take uh, people's numbers too seriously. Even yours, you have to put it into context with whatever it is that you do, how much you know, how well you're talking about it. Like, are you an expert? Are you, you know, is this more for connection versus information? Okay. So that's number one. But two, I would say to attract more viewers, uh, outside of your own audience is definitely search, you know, get in front of people's needs. So by the way, again, this is really hard for me to answer if I don't know what type of content, but generally speaking, if I am starting from zero subscribers or even say, I'm like, you know what? I want to grow an audience. I'm trying to figure out what are the things that people need that I can offer through my content niche, through what my channel is about and look at what people are putting into Google, what people are putting into YouTube and then get in front of those, get videos that would result for that person's search query and make sure that it would serve that person's needs. Because if you do that for one person really well, the algorithm will send you out to a second person and 10 people and a hundred people. There's uh, you know, it's interesting. I always try to simplify everything, Nick, so that you're just serving the one person. The algorithm is really good about letting you have this one chance. If you don't mess up that chance, I want to say something else, but if you don't mess up that chance, guess what? They will give you another chance with another person. That's how the algorithm works versus 
if you do mess up that chance, they will be like, hey, let, who's the next best person that would serve this person's needs? Because it, say they click out of your video and they go to somebody else's video and that video serves that person's needs, they're going to promote that person's video instead of you to the next person. And so um, that was a lot, but that's what I would do. That, yeah, so I was going to pull search. up the channel. I was going to pull up the channel so we could give specific advice, but this particular channel, um, so he's talking about another channel because this one that I just pulled up, um, it, it's not that channel. Yeah. Um, so I was going to pull it up for specific advice, but, um, but it's not the actual, uh, channel. So, um, but another thing just to think about really quick is that when you are, um, you know, when you're trying to do that, like look through your old content and look at the content that's gotten in front of more new viewers as well. And, you know, that's content that, you know, that YouTube is putting out there that's pulling in new viewers for you anyway, um, versus the content that only your subscribers are responding to. So, you know, go through your, um, through your recent videos, um, say like the last 90 days and look at the content that's actually bringing in new viewers. Also look at, uh, videos on your channel that have already been proven to perform that cause you know, some, um, perform excellently. And because of that, they just bring in a ton of new viewers, like regardless, but you're going to have some content on your channel to where it's going to be more heavily weighted towards subscribers. Um, so because of that, just look at the stuff that is bringing in more new folks and, um, and, you know, try to make some more of that content too, or at least, you know, the, the logical next content that those people might, uh, might enjoy. By the way, I just realized I'm not actually subscribed to Nick Nimmin. What? Um, <laughs> what? So, oh, wait, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, shocker. Are you subscribed to Owen video? <laughs> so the reason, the reason he only says hi to Owen and then he lets me know he's not even subscribed. So the reason, not, I don't want to say that I'm seeing a pattern develop here, Benji. The but. reason I bring this up, okay, this there's a point here. There's a point for anybody watching. Yeah, don't try to be friends that. with Benji. He only likes Owen video. We know. <laughs> we got the point. The point I'm trying to make, by the way, I might be on one of my other accounts. I have like three accounts that are named the same thing but the point i'm trying to make is oftentimes you will watch somebody over and over and over and be a fan of theirs and maybe overthink or not even like think about the subscribe button i wake up early like 5 30 a.m every single saturday i get on a peloton bike and work out for 45 minutes so guess, who the, guess who's the only person that's on live for like four or five hours it's nick nimmin so i'm watching him i'm giving him like one to two hour average view durations at least for me um but the reason i bring that up is sometimes you have to do the call to action you know um, people are using YouTube in different ways. By the way, I really think that I'm just on one of my other accounts that are just have the same avatar and name or whatever. But late, man, uh, you got it out there. It's too but late. The, po the yeah, other late. point I'm trying to make: everyone subscribe to Nick Nimmin. <laughs> great point. Do, I, do as I say, that, not yeah, as I do. Great recovery there at the end. That was great. It's like all right, moderate. But you know, wait, wait, wait. That's a you know. But Benji makes an excellent point right here. Listen, I think sometimes all of us get wrapped up in the subscriber thing, and I'm just ribbing Benji because I love him and he's fantastic. Wow. But uh, it really is about YouTube. Doesn't care who as much as who you're subscribed to or how many subscribers you have. What they really care about is the viewing habits of the target audience you're trying to connect right. with. So you'd be much better off having almost no subscribers but a ton of people coming to watch your content because right. a channel yeah. that is growing effectively should be reaching people who have no idea who you are and yeah. shouldn't be subscribed in the first place if you were getting a ton of views from just subscribers your channel would be in trouble because it's going to go up hit a glass ceiling and stop moving forward you always want to be reaching people who have no idea who you are so that's really great advice from Benji. great example of this is a guy named joe hankel and joe i don't know if you're watching right now but just like props to you on your channel. So 
Joe is a very ambitious young creator, and he he has a lot of spoken word of sort of poetry on his channel. Has about two thousand subscribers. You, you know, it's maybe fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred, hundreds and of hundreds of thousands of views on his videos. Though he is monetized and he is making money on his channel. Quite honestly almost as much as I am on a 65,000 subscriber channel. So I love what you just said there, Daniel, and we're seeing it in real life. It's it's really, it's about that watch time, the viewing habits. I kind yep. of break that down to watch time and click through. Like, uh, like how, how many times do people click on that thumbnail? Then how long do they sit around after that? That's where the money is, guys. Because like, you, you don't, YouTube doesn't pay you out on subscriber watch time. You know, they pay you out on total watch time. So the subscriber is kind of like an indication of how popular you were at that moment. You know what I mean? Because you got people that like, I got people that subscribed to me five years ago. They're not tuning in today and that's fine. That's, but I care about the views still, if that makes sense. I think I need to work on that phraseology a little bit better, but go, go for the views and the watch time. We're seeing it actually pay out dividends. Absolutely. And, you know, like when it comes to that too, you know, like you can even test that yourself. Like, you know, if you're watching this right now and you're like, huh, that's interesting. Like, uh, like go just make a new account, um, on YouTube and go and just start, you know, watching stuff like go in and just, you know, the first yeah. thing that shows up on your homepage, click on that and then like watch another one and then watch another one and then watch another one, watch like three of their videos or four of their videos. And then like, don't open that, you know, don't open that account for like a day or two and then go back in and you're going to see something from that content creator on your, on your homepage. Um, you can test that yourself um, just so you can see exactly how that works. Even if you don't subscribe, even if you don't comment, even if you don't like, if you go in, you watch their videos for an acceptable amount of time, you watch a few of them, YouTube's going to show you more of their content. Yep. Painfully honest tech in the house. What's up, Jason, dude? I hope you're doing great. Says, hey folks, looking good. I have a question. I become uh, a cover song in one of my videos. How do I monetize or do I not monetize? That's a, that's a bucket of snakes right there. Unfortunately, when it comes to cover tunes, you know, there was a time that YouTube had a, a feature that you could actually look and see which uh, licenses were, uh, in terms of permissions, were accessible for certain songs on the platform. YouTube had that feature where you could look at the tool and say, all right, they're going to, you know, this artist who holds the publishing rights to this song will share the revenue or they will uh, they will take all the revenue and forced uh, monetization, even whether you're monetized or not, they'll put ads in front of it. They removed that tool and we don't know that now. The one thing I will tell you when it comes to covering songs, make sure that you know, that you absolutely know that you're allowed to cover that song because mm -hmm. it's so much deeper than fair use. People think like, oh, I'm just covering a song. I should be able yeah. to do that. There are people who own the songwriting credits. There are people who own the publishing credits. And at the end of the day, if you don't know that you, that you have specific permissions to use that song in a video, don't use it. I promise yeah. you it'll save you a lot of time and aggravation. Yeah, and to Daniel's point, I've actually helped channels who do cover music and they may get as much permissions as they thought they needed. And this third party that has like a MIDI sample in the song has the rights and took all of it. So like it can mitigate all the work we did to get to where we thought we were okay. So it is an uphill climb. And I, I agree with Daniel. If you're unsure, maybe think of another so, so, and it comes to strategy, right? My, my good friends over at the Ohana adventure, it's a family channel. They sort of built their channel on uh, song parodies and, and, and not just parodies where they kind of weird out the song, but 
but also just just doing a song, just just lip syncing or doing their own version. Those were not designed to monetize the channel. They were designed to bring in large audience that would then get monetized on their their other more creative original videos. And so, you know, it's like this one two punch and we call the doorway. Yeah, yeah, we we call it the pull push pal strategy where some videos are pulling viewers in, some videos are you're pushing out to viewers and it's like Benji was saying there's there's a different approach and so if if cover songs are a part of what you do, there's just no escaping it, right? Use them to go viral to get people in, right? But but don't like your your goal is not going to be to make seven thousand dollars on that video. You, you know your goal is to make future videos of your own music, that or or whatever that that yeah. flex your skill set, flex your skill set through the cover so that people are like, hey, this is awesome. Yeah, that's so dope. they you know so they watch your stuff, they watch the entire cover so that when you publish something original that they they might see it. That's right. But, but let's let's make one clear distinction here. Whether you choose to monetize that content or not, you still fall under the same terms of service and community guidelines, whether it's monetized or not. So don't just assume I'm going to cover a song, but I just won't monetize it and I'll be okay. That is not the truth because right. the copyright holders still have the power to decide whether or not they think you're using their content uh, in in that might be in violation of their own copyright. So. Just make sure you th think it through. Don't just run things. I know a lot of times people want to just make something and go, I'm just going to make it because I can. And whatever, where the chips fall, they fall. But that could actually take you as far as losing your channel if you actually covered stuff where people came in and put a takedown notice and you got three copyright claims for using someone else's content in a row. Just be careful. Be careful. Yes. With that, guys, I got to go. Great to see you all. I love Thank you, you for showing your handsome face here, my man. Nice to see it. you. Nice to see you here. Hope to talk to you soon. I will see you guys on the flip side. See, see you, man. I'm not going to say bye to you because I might hurt the feelings there. <laughs> You'll have to say bye to all of us. Yes. There's a bunch of snowflakes on screen. He's got to make sure that he, like, you know, right. handles all, like, you know, appropriately. So, uh, uh, hello, Maria Nicole says, um, yes, but for small channels, um, eager to monetize subs are important. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the thing that we're trying to express is that a lot of people on YouTube just obsess about subscriber count. And they, yeah. they focus on that versus the things that are really important that cause subscribers to happen. So the things that cause subscribers to happen are getting people to click on what it is that you do, making content that they enjoy so that they want to keep coming back for more. Yeah. But as long as they keep enjoying that content, YouTube's going to keep showing them your stuff anyway. And that's what's going to help you get that 4,000 hours of watch time that you also yeah. need. And, um, yeah, and, and, and stay there for a second. Matter. Think about that. Like people eager to monetize. You're right. It's it is there is a there is a goal that you hit that you go, oh my God, I, I set a goal and I hit it. I was able to monetize. But let's be realistic. If you hit that, if every single subscriber matters and you're climbing up the ladder to a thousand yeah. and you finally get four thousand watch hours and you go, I've finally done it. Guess how much money you're actually going to make at that level for monetized content? I promise you, at a thousand subscribers and four thousand watch hours, you a Google won't even pay out until you hit the hundred dollars worth of income and AdSense revenue, um, no matter how much money you've made. So that's a great that's a great goal to set, and I love it. But don't get so fixated on it like that's it. Once I get there, then I'm finally I've reached the the promised land. 
if you focus more on making content that connects with your target audience and trying to make sure that your that your views are their videos are being watched and that those views are going on to watch more of your content all of that other stuff falls into place all of that subscriber stuff you won't even think about it you look back and go wow how did i grow so fast oh right i was focused on the target audience and all of a sudden also, things happened to this point you don't need a thousand subs to start monetizing their affiliate programs. There are other ways you can earn and monetize before you even hit that subscriber metric. And if you think that that's the only metric you need, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. I've seen small channels that aren't in YouTube monetization have affiliate program links that are performing incredibly well because they're at recognizing what their audience needs. They're providing value and they're earning in that way. So Yes, subs are important if monetization is a goal on YouTube in terms of their platform and their service, but it's not the only way. And that is just as important because all that other stuff you need to do will eventually lead to subscription if you plan it right. By the way, one of my favorite things to do right now is underrated, overrated. And people ask me this about subscribers. I still think subscribers are really important because it's a snapshot of your community, right? Yes. Like it's giving credit to all the work you've done. And, you know, whether it's a, a potential new viewer becoming a subscriber, even another creator, that number means something. So it shows that you've worked really hard to cultivate a community. So YouTube wouldn't have a subscribe like function if it didn't serve any purpose at all. There is a reason why people want the gold play button, the silver play button, because it's like acknowledgement for what you're adding to YouTube. So it, just realize that that doesn't guarantee future views. It just confirms maybe past views and your current community. But again, views really comes down to the video. Excellent. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the subscriber count too, like for every person that comes in that enjoys your content that chooses to subscribe, what a great way to tell YouTube uh, in terms of a satisfaction signal that that video was great yes. and yes. one to watch it, you know, to the end, but then also to subscribe and maybe comment or like, or whatever. But, you know, that's also one more, you know, point in your favor. Well, look, person. say that again, say that again, because right. you just said something more important than, than, than a lot of people understand. If someone is watching a video and they like, and they comment and they choose to subscribe, those metrics and engagements po and points work together to send mm -hmm. signals to YouTube about the kind of content and channel you're building. So don't put your nose against the, you know, the glass so much that you can't see the forest for the trees. It's not just subscribers. It's not just views. It's not, you know, it's all works together. So think of the step, step way back and go, how is my audience engaging overall? Are they watching? Are they liking? Are they sharing? Are they commenting? Are they subscribing? Those kind of things all together are what really start telling YouTube that your, your content and your channel are connecting with the target audience and encourage them to recommend more of your content to similar viewers. Boom. Welcome to the Niminati. 21st century superhuman, welcome to the Niminati. Um, if you go to nimenvip.com, it's going to redirect you to our members only Facebook group. Um, and you wanna make sure that you fill out all the information on the way in uh, because that's how I verify that you are a member here after the live stream. And on that note, oh, we got one more super chat that's in here. So we'll do this one. And then um, and then I got another thing to say here. So first class gamer says, over the years, I suffered depression, anxiety, real life issues, and more. I want to provide motivation content and help people with game with a gaming twist. Good idea, question mark. Um, also, thank you for all your YouTube advice. Um, our pleasure. Um, but in terms of providing motivation with a gaming twist, give it a shot. 
you know, give it a shot and see, see how people respond, look around, see if other people are doing it. If so, see how you can do it better or see how you can, you know, kind of carve your own spot in that space. Um, and if nobody's doing it and you're combining motivation with gaming, um, you might create something completely new and people might really love it. So absolutely give it a shot and see, you know, the type of response that you, uh, that you get from it. I agree with that. And there's so many games where there's a hero overcoming something. And if you use that twist as the motivation angle, like they wouldn't be where they were if we didn't help them through that journey. There's so much natural tie in with gaming for motivation. So um, with that said, um, some a couple of things that I want to say. First off is that um, Benji is going live. What time are you going live, Benji? In about 30 minutes, and I'm going to be talking about YouTube for entrepreneurs. So it's going to be a fun one. I find that, I don't know, when I talk to other entrepreneurs, they probably need the most help because they have the least amount of time. So I'm excited <laughs> for this conversation. Awesome. Yeah, so if you are an entrepreneur that is using YouTube for your business, um, then check out that live stream. And in addition to that, I know a lot of you guys, you know, um, uh, hang out here in the live stream and, and you get a lot of feedback from Roberto as well when he's in here. Um, he's going live on Daryl Eve's channel as well here in like a minute. Um, yeah. So definitely, you know, go over and check that out as well. Um, so you have two great streams going, going on today. Um, plus, you know, Daniel was on earlier on the StreamYard channel. They're on channel reviews over there. How often do you guys do that, Daniel, um, on the StreamYard channel? We do that the second Saturday of every month on the StreamYard channel. Channel and we've gamified it so it's a whole new experience awesome. so we hope you yeah, swing I love what you guys did today and i'm watching it like okay i'm gonna copy that i'm gonna copy that, yep, <laughs> copy that. yeah it was great yeah absolutely great Thank loved you. it yeah so um so just as a heads up so you've got daryl stream going on you've got that one if you want to go see the input on their channel reviews and if you are watching that just a heads up when you're watching them do other channels just keep in mind that you know you just think to yourself how does what they're telling this person apply to what it is that i'm doing right really easy um and then you know make sure that you check out business uh, benji's channel if you are um, an entrepreneur um, for his live stream and you're wanting to use youtube to leverage um or wanting to leverage youtube for your business and then of course you know check out daryl and roberto um as well in the meantime so th thank you everybody for being on screen here today and sharing your expertise it's super appreciated as always thank and you for, for having us thank you that's been my pleasure um and for everybody that's been hanging out in the chat thank you for your participation today i hope that you learned something and look i know according to this poll at the top of the screen right now um you know a majority of you are under a thousand subscribers and i know that you know all the things that we talk about here some of it can be you know a lot of information so if you were taking notes and you're like hey, i need to work on this 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 and this um i just encourage you to focus on like a thing or two because you know there's a lot of stuff to learn so you know focus on getting really good at a thing or two over the course of this coming week um and then we'll meet up again here next saturday and uh and keep moving forward from there one so more thing one more thing i yeah. i want to show you daniel i'm already subscribed to you okay just as <laughs> evidence i'm already andrew i just subscribed to you everybody subscribe to these guys they pour out their heart and soul <laughs> and uh anyways Peace. That was peer pressure right there, my friends. Peer pressure. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, so it. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. And again, um, just as a heads up, the audio version of this um, is now available as a podcast. If you just look for Nimmin Live on your favorite podcasting platform. Currently, I'm still waiting for Spotify. I think I didn't check today, but still waiting for Spotify and a few other places for approval. But I'm on Apple and I'm on Google. Um, so it's going to be released a week delay. So if you want everything current right now, then you got to show up or watch it on the replay here. Um, but if you want the audio version for later, then of course that's available in the archive there. So thank you everybody for hanging out and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for watching Nimin Live. Remember to check out our sponsors and other useful resources in the description below this stream.
See you next week.